What's up, viewers and listeners? My name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe, helping jiu-jitsu practitioners perform to the best ability on the mat, whilst making sure they are not doing anything stupid with their weight cuts. On today's episode, we had Ricky Bellingham. He is a competitive brown belt who is currently utilizing a sports sponsorship scheme with the Army, allowing him to train full-time. Ricky has competed at multiple IBJJF events, winning gold at the Europeans and gold at the Abu Dhabi World Masters along with many other comps. In this podcast we talked about weight gain, how discipline has helped him, competing at masters and adult divisions, crossfit and jiu-jitsu, under eating and weight categories and much much more. Thank you for tuning in and of course if you're not subscribed please click that button and turn on the post notifications for further content updates. Thank you for watching and listening. Let's get into episode 17. Oosh! right guys episode 17 my name is jay i'm the host of the bjj nutrition podcast and the bjj nutrition consultancy we help jujitsu athletes and hobbyists um with their nutrition making sure they're competing well and not doing anything silly with their weight cuts we are here and joined with the infamous ricky bellingham there we go uh, thanks for joining us for his day, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, nice. We wanted to obviously get you on here because, again, we've had a few people, obviously, from the services. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably say you're probably one of the leading representatives, obviously, of doing that within the jiu-jitsu community, which is really cool. Uh, and obviously, you've been on a few podcasts before. We had a yeah. few things we wanted to pick your brain about. And cool, stuff, cool, so. cool. Um, we always start with the same sort of thing, mate. What's okay. your sort of history, your lineage, what sort of experiences you've had so far? Yeah, okay, so I've been training around about seven years now. Um, started at the age of 31, so quite late on in life. I've been really lucky to be in the services and they give me the time to sort of train. Um, started off in Exeter, BJJ, trained there for a year. Then my hometown's Plymouth, um, found a gym that was closer to home. And then lucky enough to get put on a sports scholarship train throughout, compete throughout um, my whole sort of those seven years. Um, yeah, anything else you suppose? What, where, did you, where did you get your belts from then? What's your, what? So I got all my belts from Ian Harrop. Um, he was a black belt under Marco from Fight Zone. Um, did I get my blue belt? No, I got my, yeah, my blue belt from Ian as well. Uh, but as I said, I started off exit BJJ and the yeah. James. Um, yeah, and then I'm under chat mat now, but I'm one of these competitors that, as so, so is Marco, where we train all over. Yep. You know, I know different clubs have different rules, and people <laughs> from this place, you can't train anywhere else. But I think as a competitor, you should be always just a general jiu-jitsu person, and you get you get friends from all different yeah. gyms and walks of life. So I think you should be going all over. I think the um, I don't know whether the heritage or whatever belts matters that much anymore. Would you say it does? No, it's, it's interesting because obviously we've got, um, that's number one, there we go. I said it for the first time, I've done right. I know, don't worry. About it. <laughs> what, what I'm going to do eventually is have a little box that pops up every time you say it. Boom. Get one of those like, little counter. <laughs> I might try and go for a high <laughs> score. <laughs> um, so we've got some clubs around us which have got some great heritage yeah right? nice. and they don't have any issue with training elsewhere yeah right there's other clubs that technically have great heritage but are underneath a, bra- a banner type of thing yeah it's got just you. like all right cool doesn't necessarily mean you know the gracies type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um and they do have problems with it and there's okay. also a mix in between if you get yeah, what i mean I and so I think we were talking about it earlier. Mm. I, again, I'm very much known as a gym gypsy. I know where my home is, is what I always say. I yes. go to my main club, I do my main stuff there, but 
I cannot resist, like, I don't know, a dirty Friday night of going or weekend, going to somewhere like an open mat elsewhere yeah. and just going and rolling with some different people. I and think it's good for your game as well. It's good for the culture of jiu-jitsu in a whole. It's, you know, we're all, you know, we might not look for friendliness, but I feel like we are really friendly. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, you're sort of touching on different games, different techniques from different gyms. And, you know, I've got some guys that I know from around here that are, like, trained somewhere else, and I've known them since I was 15. And they're like, oh, I want to come down and train with you, but I'm not sure if my coach will like it. I'm like, mate, you've been training, like, two years jiu-jitsu. I've known you for, like, 15 years. What do you mean? You Like, come and train with me. God's, oh, I'm not too sure. I'm like, all right. It's up to you. <laughs> that's, that's a comment at you. <laughs> he lives about 10 minutes away from my gym. It, yeah. <laughs> We've had this chat a couple of times now, haven't we? It's like, I... So where I live, the Jay's RGA, which is RGA North Bristol, is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, no, no, yeah. So RGA Bristol is literally maybe a 10-minute walk from my house. Yeah. But I travel on my motorbike like 20 minutes to go. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's because, A, I didn't know RGA was there until Jay started there. Yeah. Um, and I've been under Pedro for... Oh, I think I've worked with him. It's been about eight years now, I think, but Pedro. Yeah. yeah. The longest serving blue belt ever. <laughs> blue belt um, forever. I, 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 like, I said to Jay about it, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel like saying to Pedro, like, oh, I'm going to have to, I might, you know, go and train RGA instead just because it's closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more I thought about it, the more it's kind of like, I don't really even need to have a conversation because Pedro's on the understanding of any of his students, no matter who they are, he's yeah. always said, Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The time you have on the mats, yeah. which I know you're a big advocate of, uh, yeah, definitely. doesn't matter. No. As long as you get a Tom mats. Yeah. I might, I might start I a just, page, shout out, free Tom Tyler yeah, from Ped, yeah. from Starbox. I, I, I don't feel any obligation to it, but I just, I really enjoy Pedro's teaching. Yeah, yeah nice. Like, uh, and I do think you, that you will find teachers that you maybe get along with better, or their style suits you more. Some will be more uh, concept-based based mm. teachers, some will be more like move-based teachers. But then I do feel like as you said, you can train anywhere else as well. Yeah. So I think you should you should almost find those good teachers, have that as your home base. Yeah. But then if somewhere is closer, 10 minutes down the road, well, could you go to like an open mat once a week there? Or if yeah. they're cool with uh, you turning up or whatever. This is what Jay's been saying to me, like, just, just, the, just do it for the laugh of it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah we, we did do that open mat, didn't we, for the... Um, the oh, we were a charity match, one. yeah. Charity and it was roll. cool. Only me and Jay were really rolling. Everyone else was kind of like having a chat and showing off techniques and stuff. But... Mm. Just to go on someone else's different mat, because it's different for me, because I've never really done that before. I've always kind of stuck to my yeah, own yeah. home. But since we've done the podcast, we've been Nottingham, we've been to Dre, we've nice. been everywhere. And like, it's cool to get on different mats, yeah. and like, figure out how people teach yeah. the same techniques, but completely different. Completely different, different like, yeah. Oh, man, like, I've not seen that before, yeah. And you, you realise how friendly it is then, because I think when you, before yeah, you yeah. don't travel, you're like, oh, if I turn up at that yeah. gym, they're going to be like... Where do you train? Oh, <laughs> you train with them. But yeah, I think yeah. once you start to actually go around, they're like, oh, especially the cool places, they're like, yeah, come and train. And like, we, we have visitors come to us all the time and we tend not to charge, to be honest, because I feel like it's because, as you said, they might do one session a week. So say if you could come to us for one session a week like, and you've got a different game, you've got a footlucker game or you're a judo guy and yeah. you're throwing everyone... And everyone's going to be like, Rick, you know, I'm getting thrown or I'm getting footlocked. Can we put this in the syllabus or whatever? And we'll be like, yeah, I'll talk to the other coaches. We'll see what we can do. And then the culture in that gym sort of changed. So I feel yeah. like it's good for us as well for us to have visitors as well as, as other people. 
Yeah, I think Pedro's, we're quite lucky with our pads. I'll stop going off tangent in a minute. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Tom Turner podcast. Well, like Tom, <laughs> like Tom Shadow said the other day, like, we're quite lucky because if if a student like me or anyone else sees a technique and goes, oh, Pez, like, what would you think about this? Yeah, yeah. Goes, oh, show me. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, that won't work because of this and I'll show you why. Yeah, and yeah. Like, they'll do a leg lock on Pez and it'll just like, pull this one out. And yeah, yeah. Like, like, what the fuck is this? He's always open. He's never yeah. been like, oh, you know, leg locks are banished in my career. Yeah, yeah. He's always been open to everything. And yeah, I think, you know, we've had a couple of seminars coming down. We've got one coming soon. Um, oh, we got, oh, we got, oh, who we, we got? Giancarlo Giordani. Yes. Oh, nice. I cannot wait for that. Cool. We've got Eduardo Tellez next week, Monday. Yeah. For listeners listening, that will come down. That is amazing. So, to gyms and uh, a few other. members and non-gym members. Few, as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Open, that will uh, sell out quickly, Well, yeah, I think they sold the tickets gone. already for yeah. it, which would be good. But yeah, there's a few other names that are yeah. popping down, which and we can't announce. Yeah, we had them down as well. It's awesome, isn't it? Ah, that's good. Sorry, complete tangent yeah. from that. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so belt progression then. Any blue belt blues? That's normally a, a sort of topic that comes up quite often. What or, for me is as what getting my blue belt or oh no, going we, from the blue belt to the purple belt. Was it quite was linear? It quite, um, I think what I to be honest. So if I talk about my white belt first, um, I was used to do CrossFit, so I was strong and fit, and I think that's what got me through white belt, if I'm totally honest. Yep. Um, I trained at Exit BJJ and they're all killers out there. And they just smashed me and my, I got defensively good. I got a few techniques off my coach Ian. We drilled for a lot of time before I did the Europeans. Um, but I probably had about, you know, solid techniques, probably three or four, but my fitness was up there. Yep. Um, so at white belt, I was like, oh, this is easy competing. Blah, blah. And, you know, because <laughs> I was winning quite a lot. At the start, obviously I was losing. Uh, but because I, I competed after three weeks of started the, the, the um, sport, the army said it would give you some time off. Do you, do you want to do this BJJ uh, competition? I was like, what's BJJ? It's grappling. I was like, yeah, all right, <laughs> sign me up. I, I should be able to win that. I'm strong and fit. I just got smashed. <laughs> um, but, you know, towards the end of my white belt, because I competed so much, I was winning quite a lot. And I was like, oh, I think I can be, do quite well at this competing. Then as soon as I got to blue belt, did the same again, I jumped into competition, but what I found then is my strength and my technique was nowhere near as good enough as what it was yeah. uh, to win that sort of league. So I had to sort of take a step back, almost I had to take away some of my strength and conditioning sessions and just do more focused in on jits. Um, that's when I moved down to a Plymouth Check Mat. And there was, a, they, I think we had about 20 members then, really small club, Ian yeah. was a brown belt. Um, but really, looking back, that was perfect for me, selfishly, because there would be like five people in the class and Ian would really focus in and be like, mate, you're doing that wrong, you're doing this wrong, and he'd give yeah. me that technique. Um, so my blue belt progression, I felt like it was slower, but then when I got to the end of my blue belt, I, under- I, I, I did understand by then that it's not strength power that's gonna get me through this, it's gotta be technique, which I think sometimes that's slower for people because their mat time is not as much or as rapid as mine was. It just takes a lot longer to realise that. So you're like, ah, oh, this technique's taken a long time to get. But as we were talking about before, the average person's probably training five hours a week yeah. max. Uh, whereas I'm doing that daily, I'm getting that feedback daily, but like, and I'm getting tired and like I'm, I understood, I under, you know, I could understand from halfway through my blue belt that I really needed to focus in on technique. Whereas I think sometimes that struggle and that's why they might call it the blue, you know, the... Blue Bill Bill. Yes. I think it's interesting you touched on it in the fact that they need more technique because however much more popular jiu-jitsu is getting, mm-hmm. right, we're seeing obviously some 
uh, influencers, celebrities, yes. gets to the blue belt stage, yeah. right? Okay. And it's then like, here comes the hard work. This is going to be like the, the real test yeah. to see out of the pool of all the people getting their blue belts because yeah. they're coming from a background like CrossFit or mm. fitness or whatever it could be. It will be then to see how, that, how much of that pool actually gets to purple belt all of a sudden, I think. And I think it will be a real kind of like character taste, uh, tester for a lot of them. So thinking like Big Pal Nasty, for example, we've got a blue belt. Yeah. yeah. You've got a few people from like the James Smith crew, obviously. Uh, Oli uh, um, Omega, I think his name is. Yeah. He's a yeah. ginormous. Yeah, he's a blue belt as well. But again, athletic was yeah. like an athlete for like optimal nutrition, this type of stuff. So yeah. it puts into perspective like they've got the ability there, which is good. Yeah, I think they've, and it's easier for them. And I think sometimes some people will be like, oh, well, they've only trained a little bit of time, but they're getting their blue belt really fast. But I think for them, guys, what you need to, we need to try and do with them as a coach perspective is we need to slow them down. Mm. And if you let them just fight white belts all the time, they're just going to be throwing them at the windows or whatever or smashing them across the mat. And they're like, well, I'm winning everything. Why am I getting my blue? Whereas if you put them in then with the blue belts and the pub belts, um, it, it, you, you give them that opportunity to look at, right, this is a technique-based sport. Some of them don't, don't learn that um, and they struggle with that. And that's why they'll stay there for a long time. But the guys and girls that do... Um, I think that's when you get like the you know the really greats like Gordon Ryan or whatever and stuff. So, there's a good argument then. This is like I know we joked about Colabate obviously getting his like black belt in six months basically yes. technically. Yeah. This is where the flip side of like time served yeah. versus over like skill level and base uh -huh. and that type of thing. Yeah. Because technically, obviously. Barté has got his black belt in six months from yes. purple, uh -huh. right? Well, no, from blue, is it? No, from purple, yeah. Obviously, he got brown, purple, brown to brown to black within six months, which... Did he? Like, yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and um, it was sort of, he was winning competitions for it. He was getting yeah. promoted on there. I think, what was the joke? I think someone put a meme out of, it's like, his coach threw his brown belt onto the mat as he was coming up, <laughs> and he said, and then the flip side was like, me going onto a competition, losing in the first round, my coach giving me a white belt again type <laughs> thing. And I was like, that's pretty real. The thing is with the... I guess celebrity slash influencer side, it kind of depends on the person as well, I think. Because Russell Brand is now a purple belt. Yeah, I think he's purple, yeah. yeah. Tom's now purple belt, Tom Hardy. He's yes. Yeah, no, still blue. I think he's still blue. I'm not sure no, no, he got his purple. Did he, he get his purple? purple? No, he got yeah. his purple. Oh, and he got. I know that you've trained with Tom because. Yes, been... no, I haven't trained with him to be honest. Yeah, really no, 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 no. You got Zuckerberg's got his blue now. Zuckerberg's yeah, blue as well. Real is it? Well, no. Okay, Zuckerberg, I'm going to start having his blue is real. But like him and Elon are in a battle. It's, it's, it's the old argument, isn't it? Is yeah, okay, they're kind of coming into sport, and there's a danger of them, I don't know, like infecting it or whatever. But at the same time, it's also getting more eyes on the sport. So then it yeah, it's, it's, it's not a negative. Again. I just think, like I said, is as it becomes a bit more of a trend type thing, yes. it's getting more yeah. and more popular. I think that blue to purple belt scenario is going to fill out a lot of people. Yeah, yes. I think so. And I, I think, think that happens naturally anyway. And sometimes that's because of injuries or whatever, and that time yeah. that you need to take off to injury, and then coming mm. back no longer as a white belt, um, but you're coming back with a belt on, and you know, anyone knows who's been in the sport a long time, when you come back from injury, they're all going to kick your ass. So, and you know, if you can't take no that we, on the no ego, <laughs> you've got the blue belt on, and you've got white belts tapping you out, you're like, oh, yeah. that's hard for someone to take when you, when you first, but you know, after a while, you've got to understand that you could be a good black belt, but you need to take six months off for a knee operation. You come back in, the big boys' blue belts are going to be taking you out. It's just the way it is for six months or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's difficult for people. I think you're saying about speed of progression. There's a few things there. I think one could be 
the the mat time we talked about that earlier on is you know if I if average doing five uh, hours a week I'm doing five hours a day say five days a week or whatever let's just say I normally say I'm doing four four times the average person so it means every week of training is a month of someone else who's training which doesn't sound like a lot when you do that but then you do it a year so every year is four yeah, years of mat yeah. time and then five years is 20 years and then you get to sort of 10 years is 40 years of mat time yeah. so you can see the difference between someone that's trained for 10 years and gets their black belt progressively or someone that's trained, you know, for two years, but they've been training four times the mat time, which I think is all about the mat time. Um, and also, you've got some individuals out there um, that don't need to spend a lot of time on the mats, but they can pick up the stuff. They've got the cardio, they've got the engine, they've got the body. They've just athletically a lot more, you know, built than the average people. Uh, normally the heavier weight as, as well because mm. you know you're dealing with ultra heavies or super heavies, super heavies. Well, yeah. I mean they're they're tough to deal with if they're purple belts you know they'll be smashing some without a doubt some 60 70 80 kilo black belts that are decent because they're 110 they're 120 mm. they're athletic they've got the, the gas and all that kind of stuff so yeah. there's so many things that go into it I think when it, where it does get dangerous is when you've got gyms giving away belts say mm, or whatever so you've yeah. got like okay you so, know yeah yeah getting a strike yeah yeah work, or work this is what you get gyms, no yeah yeah i think that's the because you know i'm always cautious about different martial arts and how it always evolves and yeah. i think sometimes because we're in this time now we're like oh bjj is going to be around forever but you know if you went back 20 years you looked at karate or whatever it was back then they would have thought back thought that then but that ended up being where you could be i don't know whatever age you can be to get a black belt in karate now i think it's like 12 or something yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> which is insane but it's just because of that concept more people becomes more popular more gyms open up they want the you know, more money, more student base, yeah. more stuff goes out. Also with belts is, with most gyms, it's also depending on the person's circumstances as well. Yes. If they can only get there like twice a week, for example, yes. but those two times they are there, they are maximizing that training to mm -hmm. the best of their ability. Yeah. You know, they've got kids, they've got a high powered job, they're traveling all over the world, you know, I mean, like that can kind of, not sway the belt, but like I think, taking into consideration if they don't have as much mat experience but they're still putting the effort 100%, 100%. I believe that, yeah, yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. I think um, especially the blue belts stuff, I feel like if you've got, like you said, a school teacher that's like finishing work, trying to make class, comes in, can only do two sessions a week but he's doing all sorts of stuff and then you've got a 17-year-old who's like doing two sessions a week and he's like, he's murdering everyone. I'm like, you ain't got no no responsibilities. You can be here four times a week. You can yeah. step it up, you know? So I think you're right. Belts are given out for different reasons. And sometimes I feel like they don't really matter too much, the belts. I mean, I know they do, but we've had some stagnant white belts that are like been white belts for a long time. It's like, if you give them a belt, it almost puts a target on their back and it gives them a kick up their ass to like, mm. Now you're going to have the other white belts coming after you. So you just, you're not getting better by yourself. We've tried. We've tried to give you the technique. You've been training with us for four years. There's a blue belt. Everyone else is going to kick your ass next. Yeah. So yeah. get better. It's, it's, I think it's good for me because I, I definitely started rolling differently after I started rolling with Jay because you were a white belt for... Mm. 
mm, probably about just over a year and a half, maybe. No, longer than that. A bit longer than that, maybe two. Yeah, that's because of yeah. At least seven, eight months now. Yeah, but that's because of gym politics more than else. Yeah. Right, if I'm honest, but like with that, <coughs> it it suddenly dawned on me that even though I'm a blue belt, I am at times getting subbed by white belts. I'm like, I don't take it personally. It's kind of like, eh, whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, of I course. Don't get down to the mats as often as I should. No, but well, as often as you can, like, it might be as well. Yeah, I'm kind of like, hmm. And in the back of my mind, there is a voice like. Should really be <laughs> all these people. Like, yeah. Okay, but like, what's that wrong with Jay? Can't we open my mind and be like, no, it doesn't really matter. No. Because am I enjoying it? Yes. Cool. Okay. Is this person getting something out of it too? Yes. Okay. So who cares? Both yes. parties are in agreement. Everyone's happy. It's kind of like irrelevant. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I think is it, when I got for me, I know I wasn't supposed to. Well, first of all, I came from a club that has like time cards and stuff like that. But their yes. argument is they got five hundred members yeah, trying to keep them out. Like, yeah, it's too hard. Even yeah. if you just remember five hundred member names type yeah, no, thing is going to be an absolute yeah, nightmare. And so again, you could say it's somewhat systematic. But even then, I jumped to stripe, I think it was, before I got my blue, yeah. right? which pissed me off because I was going to do the absolute white belt, the absolute <laughs> white belt champion the week before. I love, like, I love uh, how the sights were set on the Hey, that WWE belt <laughs> looks fucking epic. Everyone wants one, right? Mate, I don't you care. Set your sights low, never fail, right? I, I'm sorry. I'd rather, I think I'd rather an absolute belt than rather an IBJJF medal, to be yeah. fair. I just think it looks way more... You had a, you had a stranger walk in your house, right? And they see a medal, they see a belt on the wall, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have an open belt, you're like, yeah, yes, exactly. on the it's true. Said that, I'm going to get my default bronze medal I have. The only medal I own is the belt. And I'm going to send it to you. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be fair enough. Um, awesome. But obviously when I got that belt and then from there on I was like, I really don't care because I made the I made the schoolboy error when I started when doing more nogi of saying to someone, oh, "What belt are you? You like a blue belt?" And they go, yeah. "I'm brown." I'm like, oh, oh, and I was like, "Always start high <laughs> and work your way down. Don't ever start low because at least then they're like, oh, you you a brown belt? Like, yeah, oh, no, yeah, I'm yeah. a blue." I'm like, oh, okay, cool. At least it sounds more positive <laughs> yeah, type true. thing. Um, but after that, I'm just not I'm not interested in the no. slightest bit, and I no. think. Where I certainly from my club standpoint that we've had guys who have been blue belts who've gone into the elite categories of some of the grapple industries, mm-hmm. for example. I remember one guy, he had uh, pulled Ross Nichols as his first fight, <laughs> right? And he wasn't phased by it. Obviously, no. again, Ross Nichols is a big name. Did yes. he sub him? No. Did he lose to him? Yes. Was yeah. it on points? That was it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But the way that they look at it was like, I want a challenge. Yeah? Yes. I want to see how do I roll with these individuals? Yeah. What holes have I got in my game? Because this individual is going to open it up massively yeah. for me instantly, mm-hmm. right? Um, joke about rolling earlier, the amount of, like three times you crucifixed me. Right? <laughs> I escaped two of them, I like to say, <laughs> after a little bit of throw in. But again, it was like, right, I need to tighten up my turtle way more to not obviously do that. Now, yeah. without having that experience, yeah, right, you wouldn't be I wouldn't about be thinking it. about no, it. No. And so it's really, really useful, but we've gone on a massive tangent here, sorry. Um, <laughs> That's all good. So blue belt to purple belt, how was that then? Was that again competition based? That the it was competition based. I on? think we're just going to go on what you just said then is... Um, is I just compete every like month if I can sometimes every two months and what happens normally at the beginning of the bout is that I lose I lose um, quite a lot and then normally by the time I get to like a year into my bout I start to win and then like the plan is is that I win the big ones after being at that bout for say two years um, you know same again with numbers like you just said someone went against Ross Nichols you know how old is that guy uh yeah i think it's about is he mid-20s yeah so you think now he's had that experience from that young now he's going to be given 10 years he'll be 35 he's going to be an absolute monster by the time he gets to 35 um if he's you know he's already a monster but i mean he's going to compound that so i think 
everyone waits to the end of the belt. They're like, oh, when I get to the end of my white belt, I'm going to compete at Devon Open or I'm going to do this and then I'm going to win that one. It's going to be yeah. amazing. Or then blue belt, I'll wait till the end and I feel ready. Everyone's feeling like that. It and seems you think, like a mindset more than else. Yeah, you know but I mean? then like, if you do the numbers, it's like the time you get the black belt, you competed five times. Five times. And I'm like, that is like right. five times is nothing. Like, right. I, I compete every month if I can. So it means I'm doing 12 a year. So 24 by the end I've got to, to my what by the end I've got to the end of my white belt then you know it's 48 or whatever by the time I get yeah. the black belt it's 100 competitions I've got yeah. under my belt like that's going to make me a better black belt no matter what and the the losses oh but no one's going to be like oh remember when you lost at the Devon Open at white belt and I beat you and I'm like oh yeah well well done yeah no one's going to remember that. they're going to remember oh, how good are you at black belt so I think it's sort of it's trying not to get lost in that process and thinking, fucking hell, well, uh, so that's what I've done from blue to purple and even purple to brown and I continue to do it now. So um, was, that, was that mindset cl- sort of club driven to just go out and compete or did you take that onus to go and compete more regularly? Well, because I'm in, in the army, it was like part and parcel with that. But yeah. I also went, like as soon as I did the sport, I was like, do you know what? This is what I want to do. Mm. I want to do this for life. Um, so how do I get? Good, and you know, I think it was John Dano who said, "Oh, if you take five years or whatever, and you okay. you know do that kind of, you can change your your um, life or whatever in that five year span if you can work at it like your job." So I thought, right, I need to do this for five years. How can I get as good as possible each year until you know the army pulls me back in, or until uh, I find another way to keep on getting good? Because I knew it would take about five to seven years, maybe ten years to do it and I just thought we'll just compete 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 put your head down don't worry about the belts um, that's because every time you compete it's going to open up a little hole in your game mm. um, so I, I knew that's what I had to do for those five years and I was lucky enough to go home and tell my wife about that and she was like yeah go for it and I was like alright let's do it <laughs> thought it would be a harder conversation <laughs> yeah she, no, she, she's, you uh, want to do what <laughs> yeah she's, she's like what's PJJ what's that what are you talking about now to be fair she, she's always she's, she's just like we're both like just whatever makes you happy you try and do um nice. because it's you know if i'm slaving away at a job i don't like i'm going to come all miserable and then she's going to be fucking miserable the kids are going to be miserable if i'm doing something i enjoy it might take more time or i might have to sacrifice money now but i'm going to be happy and then when i go home i'm going to be happy it's just it's we, we, we sort of yeah we fucking recognize that from if you don't want me asking, um, you talk about a lot of the bigger competitions, yes. right? IBJJF stuff, yeah. all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. When did you start making the switch? Do, do you still do local comps, was my first question, or not really? No, I do local comps all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do local comps. Um, injuries at the minute have been tolling my life, um, but whenever I can, I love to do a local comp. I did the British, or you can can't really call that local, but um, I'm trying right. to do adult as well now. Yeah. Um, so adult as well at the local ones, and my goal is to win the British at Black Belt adult division. Okay. Um, and I want to do adult locally. I'm not naive in thinking I'm never going to win the world's adult. I don't think. I mean, you know, let's just see where it goes. I started at 31, so if I can win the British at adult Black Belt, I'll be like that's a win for me, that's and I'll be you yeah. Compete at adult now. Yeah, yeah, still compete. I don't know. I competed. We had this conversation down in the car. I, I will enter Masters one. Yes. Because I've tried adult. I say tried. I've done like two. I've done like three competitions. I think four competitions in total since I've started. Yeah. And like I did three at adult, and I got subbed almost 
instantly. Yeah, yeah. By someone who was younger than me, and <laughs> yeah, but they then, just tanked me. I was yeah. just like, I, I have no answer for no, this. No, no. But then I've had competitions before when I've been in the adult absolute, for example, mm. and I've yeah. come up against a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Right. Now, I'm not naive that I'm a lot more mature, I'm 31 years old, yes. right? I feel kind of bad, so I feel like I'm beating up a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And to the point where I'm like putting obviously complete shoulder pressure across face on him, and yeah. you can hear my gargling and all this time. <sighs> Mate, it's competition. I don't really care. Do you know you signed up? But this, honestly, my coach at the time was saying, Mate, I don't give a fuck if you're 17 or not. You just go and fucking win. Yeah. Like all that type of jazz. And I'm like, okay. And I think there's a difference between, and I think I brought this up on the last podcast with Mark Hibbard. There's a difference between a jiu-jitsu practitioner and a competitive yes, jiu-jitsu yeah, person. Yeah, and I think the problem is with the, the discussion between like adult and masters, right? We've got a young kid who has come up through juvenile that we've been working with, yeah. smashing the juvenile scene, cool. right? Getting all the medals, getting everything absolutely awesome. He's had his taste at the adult level, mm -hmm. hasn't always gone his way, no. right? And I think the distinguishing thing is, is that when we get into that adult level, right, we're not dealing just with kids anymore. No. We're going to have fine people who are just on the cusp of that master's one bracket. Yes. Who are a lot more mature, had all the growth that they've needed. Not yeah, the human strength growth <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. And yeah. it's made them be able to look at their strength training and their conditioning and all that type of stuff. And then so people could talk about dad strength, for example. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like they have kids and stuff like that. So. I think the argument works both ways. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to come against the athletic wrestler who's like, again, probably not in the UK, but no. do you know what I mean? Like a 22 type thing who's always done as just sport all his life, and yeah. that's unfair. Yeah. But then there's gonna be the other kids at 22 who've just done jujitsu and not done any training type of thing, like yeah. CrossFit, and they're gonna come against, I don't know, someone like yourself, yeah. who's gonna go- Full time, yeah, yeah. it's just like, what? How am I so gonna compete? It, it, yeah. I think there's no right or wrong answers when yeah. it comes to- I think it's interesting, because you, most of your like, Big comp wins have been in Masters 2, isn't it? Yes. You've done Masters 2 Gold, IBJJF. Yeah, I've Indeed. won some Masters 1, IBJJF. Um, I Abu think Dabu I'm white belt, well. Abu Dhabi's Masters yeah. 2. Um, but they're the big wins. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So they are the big wins. But I'm not naive to think if I go and try and do an adult at the Worlds or wherever, as you said before, they're starting at like seven. So that, yeah. as you talk about just now, mat time, you know, if I worked at their mat time, by the time they get to 20, they've got. Let's say again, four yeah. times the yeah. Sabbath, 60 yeah. years yeah. or whatever of oh, mat time. We did it. So it's hard to. Um, <laughs> we to did it with the other day. On. I went into the new gym opening um, and they had the belt colours on there. Yes. And I've seen coral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't realise there's another one after coral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like a pure red belt. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And it gives the exact time, oh, time serve, ironically, like 40 plus years. Yeah. And we're like, how long before Colabati gets his one? <laughs> and it was just like, Colabati's going to be like 67 by the time yeah. he gets there. Yeah. And I was like, many people that have I think there's only one put. I know there's like about 20 coral belts out there. I think, yeah, but then, you that. know, he goes on time served. But as we just said before, it's like, okay, if that guy or girl was like a school teacher through that time, then fine. But if that is, if you've got a full-time competitor that's been training 10 years or 20 years, that's 60 years of your average mat time. The average person is never going to catch up to that person, no matter how much they try, because of that mat time. So it's like... You know, I'm not naive and thinking, oh, yeah, you're going to win the Worlds. Um, and I think the big ones for me will be Masters. If I could do one in the, do the one in the UK, the British, I'll be more than happy with that. As I said, I didn't start yeah. till I was 31. And that'll be an adult. An adult, 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 a black belt, yeah. Black if I could do that, that would be like my dream. And that's me. I'll, I'll still do Masters at the Europeans yeah. and yeah, yeah. other places in the world. Do you get many matches then at Masters too? Yeah, so let's just say... Well, I had 45 competitors in Vegas last year, uh, a, a brown belt, which is, you know, the, that sounds a lot, 
but then you go at Masters one. Go blue belt middle. Yeah, blue belt middle. <laughs> be like three hundred. Yeah. I think Masters one middle at uh, the Europeans. I think I had like one hundred and fifty. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But it was blue belt. I think yeah. what happens is a lot of the people get excited when they get their belts and they're like, oh yeah, I want to compete, yeah. do this for my life, and then they get lots of like end of their blue belt purple, and they're like, oh fuck, I'm never going to catch these boys up. I'm yeah, going to stop wow. competing. So they just cut out because it's it's fine. As soon as you get the purple brown, the brackets just get a lot smaller. Mm. Um, which you know for me is better because it's less people. Do you know yes. what I mean? I've, yeah, I've yeah. got 150 people now. I've got. 50 people. So yeah, there's still big brackets, 50. But it's, it's just, it doesn't matter. Like People always say about the bracket numbers. It's only ever going to be like five or six fights because yeah. the way the bracket system works is straight away after round one, 50% of the people are gone. Yeah. Then round two, 50% of them are gone. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if there's 100 or whatever or yeah. you're going to get roughly the same amount of fights no matter what. I mean, I've had less... I've had sometimes more fights at like Devon Open or whatever because I do gi and no gi at the same day. I do the absolutes. Um, so the number of fights for me is not really that important. Um, it's just sometimes difficult to put that into the program if I'm doing a competition because sometimes, especially now, if I do do a Masters one, I'll get like three fights sometimes, and I'm like, well, I'm going to deload for a week, yeah. Then go and have one, you know, three matches, which is technically 15 minutes, and then the week after, I'm getting back into training again. So it's probably that could take two weeks out of a month of like a deload and then a re-ramp up of training mm. for for. for a master's competition, which is three rounds. So I'd rather do an adult, mm. then maybe take a little bit of a deload. Or if I lose the adult, don't we deload? And if I lose the adult at the Devon Open, I'm like, well, I'm not too asked. You know, I'm not too bothered about it. It's all about, for me, I want to get that black belt medal. Mm. And I'll be happy. It's interesting. All very interesting. Mm. Um, so very focused, obviously, in terms of training structure. Yeah. Right? A lot of, obviously, jiu-jitsu practitioners out there who it's just like, more mat time, more this. More yes. This. And watching, obviously, your social media and stuff like this, you, you're mm. taking everything in consideration, yeah. right? And I don't think it's as bro science as what you see with, I don't know, Gordon doing his bodybuilding, lifting yeah, yeah, and that yeah. type of stuff. You're getting your cardio and you're doing the rounds, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Did that come from the military, that experience? Or did you have to do a bit more research to think about how to train and stuff like that? Or Yeah, I think because I'm, I'm so... I'm physical training instructor we call yep. it in in my unit so i train the men and women normally you set up a little circuit or whatever so i've got that little background anyway um the, what i didn't realize though when i got into jiu-jitsu is that the training because i went from you know doing normal soldiering then to doing full-time jits i was like right so i'm going to do crossfit in the morning at zero six then I'm going to do the 10 a.m. session. I'm going to try and get back for the evening session. And I tried that for like a year and a half. And every six weeks I'll get an injury. Mm. Or normally what happens is my my um, immune system starts to shut down. I know because I'll knock my lip or something. I'll get an ulcer or, you know, I'll just be feeling groggy or something like that. So I can feel my immune system starts to like shut Drop, down yeah. where I'm just like fragging myself too much. So for me, like it's took three or four years of me thinking... Okay, and also I'm getting older as well, so it has to mm. sort of change. As I'm getting older, my sort of program has to change. Um, juggernaut training systems. Uh, is that Chad? He's a purple belt, I think. Chad. Yeah. yeah, he like I watched some podcasts of him, and he was talking about he has his hard days, medium days, and then slow days, uh, and that's what I sort of try and stick to now as yeah. them. Um, so it took a long time. I think I made some mistakes with food and all that stuff as well because. We'll probably go into a bit more, but yeah. my nutrition was like massively 
I just, I, well, when I first started training, I just, I just thought, oh, I just don't eat till 12. I did the old intermittent mm. fasting thing, That's right. which, um, you know, there's two schools of thought in my, because it means I was fucking knackered. And normally I'm doing like the seven o'clock, the, you know, so today, for example, I did the 6.30 wrestling class. You guys came in at 10. I did some prehab work before that as well at the gym. Then I did the 10 o'clock uh, Noe class and we did some rounds after. But each class, I'm like someone fresh is coming in. And if I'm rolling with them, they're normally like, oh, I want to try and catch it today. Do you know what I mean? And if I've had no food, I'm fucking sometimes knackered. But what happens then is that forces me not to use fucking technique, not to, not yeah. to use, sorry, your, forces your, me my strength and my conditioning your, is gone. I have to focus in more on technique mm. during that period. I think it's just a stupid way of doing it and I would never advise it of anyone. But I think that year that I started to do, like I was so tired that I couldn't use my engine or my strength to sort of get to positions. I had to really focus on technique. Yeah. I always find the smaller people in the gym always the most technical because they they have to be they can't use the leverage and levers yeah. or whatever as, as much so they've got to be spot on with their technique um it's, in, it's something you said earlier when we were uh drilling obviously that butterfly yes. sweep about bigger guys obviously having more open space obviously uh -huh. to go through there and it's one of the yeah. things that the majority of the guys i roll with obviously are smaller mm -hmm. right super super technical yes. actually incredible yeah and don't get me wrong being subbed 20 times in like <laughs> 15 minutes is obviously so enjoyable but <laughs> the way i kind of look at it is that they're going to pick apart my game so much more easier because they're going to have more space to some yes. degree. And so it's going to make me tighten up to as if I'm rolling with a 60 yeah, kg yeah, yeah. person. 100%. And so there's always like positives to go with it. I think for a lot of people, we've heard about your training schedule and how mm. hectic it can be. Yeah. The one thing when I heard about it was like, okay, as you're getting older, what's the recovery side of things? Yeah. So recovery is getting more and more. So like now, for an example, I Binned off the evening, the evening sessions now, so no longer in the evening. Um, killed me to do that first because I do like the evening classes. They're like busy, a bit more of a different crowd. Um, but now the gym where I train at, they've sort of let me structure a program down there where I'm just training in the morning mainly till about 12-ish on, on the mats, should we say, and doing some prehab work. Uh, but I'm in the sauna every single day if I can. Or okay. if I'm not in the if I'm not in a sauna, I'm in the hot bath. Sometimes I'm too busy to get in the sauna, and I just haven't got time for it. So I'm making sure I have the hot bath every evening. I've got to stretch every evening, and a lot of my uh, strength and conditioning work now is aimed towards recovery. So it sounds weird, but like a lot of my, you know, I'm very do quads and hamstrings uh, to protect my knee. I do mm. pallet press to protect my lower back. A lot of core work. Uh, so a lot of my strength and conditioning sessions are focused on prehab work yeah. in the forward. Yeah, neck strengthening from my neck. Um, so sometimes they're not that intense, um, but they're aimed at keeping me going for a long time. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I've been doing stuff like zone two now a lot more, getting that in there. That's had a big improvement recently on my game. I feel like my conditioning's got a lot better. Uh, and that's, you could class that as recovery, I feel. Yeah, you it, know. it's interesting because people, again, when you start doing zone two work, yeah. you're, I don't know, half an hour into it, you're kind of like, yeah, oh, it's boring. Yeah. Like, I'm not even getting a sweat on type no. thing. And everyone's looking at you like, you should, yeah. you're just like Mentioned. slowly pedaling on this fucking bike type thing. <laughs> like, is he going to do anything else type yeah, thing? Yeah. Um, and then eventually you start doing it more and more, like compound interest. Yes. Like, right, okay, cool. Yeah. This is recovery. And I think 
to some degree, I imagine your CrossFit days obviously helped with this in the mm. sense that nothing more demoralising when you look at a wad and you go, ah, oh, so I've got to recover while I'm doing burpees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How can I do this? <laughs> I can lie on the floor for maybe an extra half a second, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's one of those things. But no, that's interesting to hear about that. And so with the, with the baths and the saunas, I think doing it every day mm -hmm. um, for recovery, uh, most people when they hear that type of stuff, they're talking about weight cutting and things like this. And yes. obviously it's a hot topic, which I know you're not too happy with. In that, yeah, in that yeah, sense, yeah, I don't like, really agree with it much. Have you had to change your weight much in competitions at all? Or have you yeah, always so fat the like, as, same way? Yeah, so was, like, I started at I, a white belt. When, when I said before I got excited, I was about 80 kilos. Um, mm. Which, you know, at the minute I'm not far from that, but I would cut down to, um, so I fought a middle, I believe, 82. And then it blew out at a stage when I thought, because I said before, I felt like my technique, well, I went through like a little phase in my mind where I was like, oh, maybe I need to cut down because these guys are stronger and fitter than me. I'm not fit enough to beat these blue belts. But really what it was is my technique wasn't there. Yeah. But it takes, you know, you have to convince yourself and you lie to yourself about some things. So I went down to lightweight. Um, I think which is 76 but it's in the gi as well so it's like oh, 74 yeah 74 walking around and it was miserable I had to like do sweat runs the night before um, you know I wouldn't eat on the day uh, and now it's, it's just carnage for me I mean at the minute I think I'm sitting around 83 kilos okay most people would be like well you can compete 82 okay. you know but I'm like well the thing is if I so I'm in the middle of a training phase at the minute I'm training all morning get on the scales you know in the morning still but I know when I have that deload week I was talking about before I'm naturally going to put on about two kilos just because yeah. my body's recovering I'm going to eat some more food I'm not going to be burning off as much I'm trying to get all the glycogen into my muscles so that means my 83 that I'm at now is going to go to 85 mm -hmm. then you put the gear on top of that I'm going to be 87 uh, then I'm going to fight 88 you know yeah. I'm not going to I don't think about cutting because I feel like the actual cut itself takes too much away from the competing. It's a weird thing to actually do. You know, you wouldn't go up to a, a guy or girl on open mat and be like, oh, what, what do you weigh? You're 87.2. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. No, you're, you're, you're too heavy for me. I'm not going to fight. A quick word about one of our sponsors, Grappler's Soap. The team wanted to find, right, the best possible defense against skin infections, which normally we get from each other or off the mass. This, in turn, led Dan and the team into researching more about soaps and essential oils, which turns out has been used for thousands of years, actually, as a natural defense against infection during the plague. Slight twisted story here, but grave robbers in England knew of the power of essential oils and smothered themselves in it before exhuming and stealing corpses. Useless fact of the day for you there. But Dan and the team had tried several soaps before, but none of them just simply wowed them. So he started to make his own. Months more research, trial and error, led to finally this golden nugget, grappler soap, which you'll be pleased to know the recipe is CPR registered and approved by pharmacists. The use of a specific method to lock in the amazing natural smell, no cheap fragrances used here, which means the soap and use smell great and stand the best chance of staying healthy. Although the soap was developed for grapplers alike, it is now widely being used by non-grapplers. And Dan is always like, delighted to hear from from customers about how it's cleared up dry and itchy skin or relieved eczema or just simply made you feel awesome the smell alone has been a massive hit with men and women alike so enough waffle for now go and get yourself some now at www.mrbassett.com or go check out their instagram page for some very funny memes at grapplers soap 
thank you guys. You just fight everyone, you know, you, you, and you don't worry about the weight too much. I don't know why, especially at the lower belts as well. I see so many people who are like, nah, I need to cut weight. And I'm like, how much weight you've got to cut? Oh, I've got five kilos to cut this week. I'm like, huh? what the <laughs> fuck? And you're trying to up your training? Yeah. And you're trying to memorize technique? And you're trying and to your be happy. Yeah, yeah. Your first ever competition. <laughs> you're gonna go there and like be starving, get on the scales, get on the mats, and think you're gonna win. It's absolutely impossible. It's the biggest thing I think um, where people fall into the trap of, oh, I need to. You know, I'm small. I'm like five foot. Uh, I don't know, ten or whatever, maybe nine. And most of the guys I fight, they all cut. They all cut. So they're like six foot, and I can feel in them that cut sometimes when I fight them. You know, my game's very placid, so I normally get to my position. They'll normally be like, and it's very sporadic, especially at the beginning of a tournament. They're very, like, scrappy. I'll stay safe. And then, like, two minutes in, like, my energy level's fine. Mm. Like, then I'm like, okay, now it's my game. Then I'll start to work my way on top. I get on top, and then I'll slowly crush from there. And I feel like there, if you cut down, especially if you cut down five or six kilos, like that's gonna have an impact to you no more, but it's on your central nervous system and all yeah, that other kind of stuff yeah. where like, well, it's I'm, almost two battles. It's like. Yeah. It's, it's tricky and I, I appreciate obviously anyone, the problem is that we look at the media that goes around as to why it transitioned from like MMA into Jiu Jitsu. Yes. They hear making weight and they all think it's the same thing, yeah. right? And the naivety behind it is people aren't aware that day before when, a lot more you can oh, do. Oh, 100%. Right, yeah. And take full advantage of it. It's like, again, I was quite surprised. I didn't realize that Nagna do a day before wearing it. Yeah, moment. they do, yeah. And, and I was do, like, huh? And that's like UK as well. I was like, <laughs> no one's doing this. And I'm like, yeah. right, a few clients are like, hey guys, you fancy going with them earlier to make yeah. it a little bit more easier. Mm. Um, but they have that naivety. And then I go to the extent of uh, looking at the last local Bristol pro competition, got all the white belt divisions other than Ultra. And yeah. got what they weighed in on. So it tells you on smooth combat okay. what they weighed in. Yes. On average, everyone weighed in under by 1.7 kg. That is crazy. Right? Yeah. So people then worry about this weight difference. Yeah, right? Yeah, this was yeah. in no gi as well. So it wasn't as if like they had any, like it was like, any gi like alterations there type thing. Yes. And they're saying, right, you're floating around 4 kg, I don't know, under the next weight bracket. Yeah. Right? Your opponent there, like I said, is 1.7. We'll put it was quite 1.5, yeah, right? Yeah. You're now worried about what? Uh, 2.5 kg. You then eat more food, you probably put on a kilogram. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're talking about one and a half kilograms, yeah. three pounds, right? You go look at your mate in the gym and he says, oh, I'm three pounds heavier than you. <laughs> you're going to give a fuck. Yeah, no. you're going to say, no, sorry, I can't fight you today. No, yeah. it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. And so you just crack on with it. But Especially in a te technique based sport as well, I feel like. It's all technique, and I think people just tie. They tie too much to winning the, the lower belts competitions. Like, if you lose in comp, then that's direct feedback. You know, going back to what you were saying before about do you do masters or do you do adult? I think you know. It sounds like telling me if I'm wrong, but you're more of a hobbyist. So as a yeah. hobbyist, you're getting in say three or four times a week. Um, so why not do masters? Because you know sometimes you, you'll do adult, and as you said, they'll spank you in like five seconds. You yeah. never get to test any of your sequences out. You don't know how to. Feel. But when you go into the master's division, okay, you, you, you're going to get deeper into your sequences, whatever your guard is, your half guard sequence, whatever, and you're gonna, then he's going to find a crack somewhere, maybe. Or you'll get all the way through it and you'll be like, yeah, I've won. You know, I'd say once you started to win a few masters, then why not test out an adult division? Because yeah. then they might show you little cracks. It's all about finding cracks in your game yeah. and then fixing them, fixing, fixing, fixing. Yeah. Get that direct sort of feedback from the competition. And like, don't give a fuck about winning or losing. I know yeah. that's good on social media, like, ah, oh, I've yeah, won, yeah, fucking yeah. this, that, and the other. You know, people always, whenever I post up something that I've lost, because recently I've been competing 
and I've been coming back after a lot of injuries. People, are like, why, why are you competing when you're you you coming back from injury? I'm like, because, like that is motivate. I fucking hate losing. You know, I hate losing, but it motivates me to make make sure I'm going to keep doing my fucking physio. I'm going to spend that hour that I need to do fucking glute bridges or to fix my back or the boring work that no one wants to do. <laughs> I remember losing to fucking Matey 17 0 you know, and thinking fucking hell, I need to fix my back. I need to fix my whatever it is, whatever yeah. issue I'm facing. It motivates me for that next phase of training. And that's what you got to think of it is like, yeah, okay, let's get motivated. Not about for the next where you race. are, about where you're going. Yeah, where you're going. Yeah, because if you think, ah, oh, well, you know, I want to win this, and I'm tying everything to this, I'm going to cut down weight, and I'm going to make sure I eat this, and I'm, it's like, fuck, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Like, and because it's something we all enjoy as well. Like, we do this, yeah. and we want to progress in it because we enjoy it. Like, then you're fucking putting all that pressure on yourself to like get down to the weight class. It's interesting. Like, oh. You don't go and join jujitsu just to go and get the medal. Yeah, you're like, oh no, but I want to win fucking whatever yeah, you want to win. Everyone wants to win. Yeah, everyone yeah, wants to win. Like, you didn't 100%. sign, you didn't walk into that club going, no. I'm going to go and get IBJJF World Cold yeah, Medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you did and you've got that far, like, so kudos to you. Yeah. But the majority of us is just never going to get to that. Yeah, point, yeah, and right? you just enjoy it. So, yeah. like, why so put pressure why on yourself? Why does a five pound medal make any difference? Yeah, it doesn't. We chose about it because Ashley Bendel from She's actually got a medal where she went and competed in 2022, yeah. right? And it actually had 2021 on there. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I, I, she's like, oh, cheers, I'd be fucking out. You can't even give me the right fucking medal type thing. It's um, interesting, though, because, uh, like you said, I, and I definitely fell into that trap, because I know Jay's spoken about it quite a lot on the podcast, a couple of different episodes now. Like, I focused so much on making weight. Yeah. think about a game plan. I didn't think yeah. about the technique. No. I didn't care. All I knew is I had to make that scale. Yeah. I went in, I was like, cool, 82, here we go. Yeah. And then it was like, uh, what am I doing shit, now? what the fuck do yeah. you do? He's got my grips. Uh, yeah, and panic. Can't. And I got yeah. And, I, yeah. and, I, and then I had Pedro Chapman in the corner, he's like, hide your arm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, hide my arm. The wrong arm. The one that's not being tried. And I was like, oh no. And it was like, yeah, over. And I was just like, and my biggest thing from that, and spending a lot of time with Jane and going to see a lot of people, mm. you know, up and down throughout the belts, throughout the country, different gyms. Yeah. Loads of people have the same mindset. Weight doesn't matter. Like yeah. you said, if you go to open mat, you end up rolling more than your mates you roll with. Yes. Probably a hundred kilo. Yeah, exactly. You care, yeah, you don't care. It's like, oh, this is funny. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The minute there's like an incentive for a medal. Yeah. Oh, or I need to cut down. Representing yeah. the see, club or something like that. Mm. It's like, oh, I have to, I have to, only do my own competition. Yeah. You're, you're 0.4 over, get out. I'm yeah. Interested. I won't fight you. <laughs> no. Do you not know who I am? Sort yeah. Of thing. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, I've, really? I've always had this biggest fear, obviously, being a nutritionist of the newspaper article. Nutritionist doesn't make weight. Yeah, it doesn't make weight. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, fuck, this is over. Seven kilos under. Uh, Why are you so far uh, under? Uh, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case. Just to make the ultras. Just in case. Yeah. Oh, what I was going to say, so you mentioned you did some of the shit stuff, which obviously you look back now and you're just like, why yeah. the fuck are they doing yeah. this? What was the turning point? I know obviously you reached out to a nutritionist, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but yes. you said running around with like sweat bags, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. What was the turning point? At what belt were you? Did someone tap on the shoulder and go, mate, what the fuck are you doing type thing? Yeah, I think it took me quite a few years to um, understand it because what, so once I spoke to a nutritionist, I've got one down here, Lorne, who, um, He's a great guy. He, he basically, I started to wear the whoop, like, you know, you wear, and he said, what are you burning? What are you eating? Just take a look at it. And I was like, right, so this is what I'm burning. So these are the amount of carbs you're meant to be eating. And I was like, what the fuck? There's no way I'm eating this many carbs yeah, in a day. Four to 500. Yeah, and yeah, like, and I was like, like fucking like, hell, this is, and I got my wife to cook with me. And I was like, that's just so much fucking rice. How am I going to eat that? 
but it made me realise, right, I need to start eating more, I need to start eating more. So we focused in, I, you know, got the simple meals in, small but a lot, blah, blah, blah. But what happened then is injuries started to fucking go away. Yep. Um, my retainment of the knowledge as well, because you said before, is if you're concentrating of the weight and you're cutting carbs or whatever food you're cutting out and then you're ramping up training because you've got comp coming up. So you're not only are you fucking depleted, but you're also expecting yourself to perform because you're going to do the competition classes, you're going to do that to try and ramp up for the... Yeah. Or then you're going to think about the game plan that you're going to do is too much pressure on your brain. But what happened is less injuries happened when I started to eat more. Um, took me a while to feel comfortable where I was. I mean, I did 82 for, for a while, but because I started to do a lot more strength training, I, I just got stronger anyway, which then came mm. with heavier weight. Um, and, you know, so I started to tip over that 82 range. Um, so let me ask you, what made you reach out to a nutritionist? I think I'd be good for our listeners as well and viewers type of thing. Yeah. What, because you've come from a militant background, mm -hmm. right? And not to stereotype, there's no. obviously people who think that they know a lot already yeah. and that we can conquer everything and we can yes. achieve it type of stuff. What was the tipping point for you to go, actually, I need some more help? What was the... I think, like, I've been really lucky and I've got a mind frame of, like, I don't think you can solve anything by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I did start that way, like, well, you know, I'll just be having an extra protein shake a day and make sure that I have a bowl of cereal or whatever in the morning. Um, but then when the injuries started to happen and the training volume got to the level where I was like, fucking hell, it's hard to maintain this training. I need the fuel. I've also done the same, as I said, I'm, you know, I'm PTI qual, so physically training instructor qual, but I've got a strength and conditioning coach, you know, mm. because, and the nutritionist, he was someone that I was working with at the gym, was like, don't just have a look, see what you're eating. So it was more that he reached out to me, which is really helpful. Looking back, I do wish that I'd, I'd found someone sooner, just to point me in the right direction, because, you know, I was a PTI, so I thought I knew about all this kind of, I thought I knew I was eating enough carbs, but when he said to me, look at the amount of carbs you went to eat, I was like, fuck me, that is a lot of food that I'm not eating yeah. in a day. And then when I started to put it in, the weight came on, but I felt like 15% better, I would say, if I put a number on it in the gym. Because, yeah. you know, I'm training with the same people a lot, all the time, and we train every day together. And so I get a feel of like how my body's reacting and when I'm tired and when I'm not, because the feedback off them and how well am I doing it? You know, yeah. Is he choking me out today? Is she, you know, whatever. Then started eating the food. It was like, fuck me, I'm just feeling a lot more better, you know, a bit fatter, but for me, it's not an issue. It's not bodybuilding competition. No. Right? <laughs> um, so, you know, dad bod, whatever you want to call it, with age, that, that came along. Um, but my game improved. And that's and I think for longevity, which is what we're all here for, you know, we want to get good at something, we've got to do it for a long time. I think eating enough food is fucking the way forward. And I think you're going to have to reach out for help because we can lie to ourselves as well a lot. We're like, oh yeah, I think I'm doing everything right. But yeah. just having someone to look at it and say, let's have a quick look at what you're doing. Oh, you haven't got enough iron. Or it could be something simple like that where you're yeah. like, fuck, I made a mistake for the last year. You know. Because this is what I was saying to obviously when the students back at the club type mm -hmm. of stuff is that we have this kind of premeditated idea that we should just know everything. Yes. Right? And my biggest argument is, and especially when the purposes of doing this whole consultancy, podcast, mm -hmm. YouTube, all that type of stuff, right? Is that if you never had that chat with that nutritionist, yeah, all the students below you will be looking for you for advice. Right? Yeah, another time to cut, cut weight. Yeah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's just like, okay, cool, and it, it spirals, it, it spirals yeah, down. And yeah. the, 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 well, the purpose of this, and I mentioned this obviously on another show, was the fact when I reached out to a few of the, not everyone's top end, but ADCC world type guys, mm -hmm. right? When we go to a few seminars and stuff, I've spoken to them about what they've done. They've kind of said. 
oh yeah, I'll do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's horrific. Yeah, like, yeah. Not to name any names and stuff. I'm no, like, no. Shit rolls downhill, and I'm like, of fuck me, what's at the bottom going yeah, down yeah, here yeah. type yeah. stuff. And I'm like, okay, there's just no knowledge around this. No. And the problem is, you as an instructor, or for anyone else, obviously, who's got clubs and stuff like yeah. that. You aren't told what to do. No. It's like... It's a totally different thing. Get your students through the door, yeah. get your rent paid, yes, teach exactly. them as much as you can do. Yeah. And then we appreciate that you guys have got so much more responsibility. It's like, unfortunately, you become a dermatologist. We want to send you... Is this yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> your HR for any gym politics yeah, going on. True. Right. And then on top of that, you've got all these other, other responsibilities. And it's like, if you guys got no information on it, you're reliant on what you already know. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it's like, okay, we, we've got aspirations to do stuff with UK BJJA type mm -hmm. of thing, which would be awesome. But it's it's really tricky. And so what I'm trying to get probably get out of here more so is that if you think you know everything, right, unless you've done the qualification behind it, yeah, yeah, yeah. you probably don't. No, 100%. I think you're right. And I think that's something that really the BJJ in general should you know, pass down and teach you because there's always people that's going to teach you something new and yeah. I think if you ever get in that mindset like, oh no, no, I know everything now, your game's going to stagnate, your school's yeah. going to fall to shit. Um, so I think that's something, as you said before, what made you think about that? I think it was actually being taught some techniques sometimes from some people and then maybe I need to reach out from somebody else to teach me some techniques and go to a mm. different school every now and again and do, you know, and then I can apply that to strength and conditioning, I can apply that to nutrition, I can apply that to business, I can apply that to a lot of things where... You're, if you ever think you know all the answers, you're fucking, you don't know the answers. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I say this to everyone, if, if you come across someone who thinks they know absolutely everything on yeah, there, it's bullshit. run a fucking mile. Yeah, it's bullshit. Like, it's absolutely you, you, bullshit. Especially you get someone like, I don't know, Mikey Musineshi, who's creating new leg lock systems. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. like, hold on, I thought everything was already taught yeah, now. It's like, already, yeah. And then John Danaher comes out with, I don't know, a two-hour-long DVD on the hand fight of the pinky or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Like, and you're like, fuck? where the fuck's this come from? And you're like, yeah. it's ever-evolving. And so, oh, exactly. <laughs> like dojo style, like, ha! Yeah, yeah, um, but it's the same thing. And it, it's really interesting that it's an evolving game. And so there's a lot of, I don't know, we've got a bit of an ongoing joke with a couple of clubs at the moment about this carnivore diet going around at the moment. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I, I, ha I have to stand my ground in the sense of based on what we know so far, yeah. it's not going to support no. that type of sport, right? However, like the keto diet, when it first came around, we weren't aware that it was going to help epileptic children. Yeah, true. The so I can't just dismiss it do. straight away. Yeah, and yeah. so don't get me wrong, when we get a bit more research and we try and test these mm. things, like John Danaher with his hand fighting instructional, people yeah, are like, yeah. what the fuck is this? But then once well, it's been tested and tried, like, actually this does work, yeah. this makes a difference. Yeah, it's like, 100%. you then see that type of thing. Yeah. Um, probably not a hand, I don't know about hand fighting, but yeah, <laughs> probably something a little bit more technical. But is that whole point of it, it's an ever-evolving game and I can't just say that you dismiss certain things straight away and you can't dismiss certain jiu-jitsu techniques straight away. Oh, no. it's never going to work. You just never know. Right? No, you and always... it does evolve, as you said. It does evolve and different people with different styles, body types and so it's just fucking the whole world of shit that we probably don't even know yet or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, can I pause to the piss? No. Can oh, I pause? Oh, no. I'm assigning yeah. like... <laughs> Boom. Bash. We break done. We break done. They um, let me out. They were going to try and keep me in. Yeah. I was sweating. He bit, well, it's all right. He, he basically like, took us both down and pinned us both down. <laughs> yeah. We had no choice. So <laughs> it happened. Um, so you, I'm really intrigued about this. Obviously, you've got a bit of no gi. Obviously, we've got a bit of a gi in there type of thing. Yes. Has sub only ever? Have you ever done any sub only at all? Or is it no, ever... I think to be honest, the way the sport's going, I think it's going to involve into more of a big thing. I think at the minute, I'd say most clubs are 
like 30% no gi, the rest probably gi, maybe some are 50-50. I think eventually they'll, they'll, you know, the next couple of years they'll all start to transition to 50-50 and then maybe some will go the other way. I know some go totally gi and no gi. Mm. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a more fancier sport, should we call it, more exciting to see. Um, I do feel like sub only for me would work, but my game, to be honest, is very, my whole tactic is to like slow the pace down, get on top, crush, if I could stomach it down, crush, and then submit, you know, so I think that would work, but it'd be the time frame would be hard for me because I'm still, you know, I'm 38 now. Um, I think to learn fast submissions where say I'm spinning off arm bars or it's just not part, of, like I'm thinking about what game do I need for the next 10, 20 years. I need a slower game. I need a game that's going to be more controlled, uh, protective, you know, a, a slow paced game. And uh, I think sometimes the sub only can be a bit faster. I'd love to do one with no time limits, um, <laughs> you know, because then I feel like it'd probably be more of my style of jujitsu. But I think one where my, my sub game is not like, it's there when I get them tired. Yeah. That's my whole sort of thing is, I, I won't rush a sub because I feel like if I rush a sub, there's a chance I'll miss it and I might end up in a vulnerable position, for example. So say if I'm on top, I won't spin around for an armbar to then them escape and then me be on the bottom. If I'm on top, I'm going to crush them for as long as I can. Then I'm going to try and finish the fight from on top. Like I won't take a, a fast finish. Um, which is sometimes boring for people to watch. It's just my style, and I think as I get older, and that's what I'm thinking about, is because, you know, if I develop a fast, explosive game now where I'm subbing people really quick, you know, I'm not going to do that when I'm 50. I'm not going to do that when I'm 60 Whoa. or whatever. Yeah, so it's like, if I can do a game now that I can do for the next 20 years, it means that that game's going to get better over those 20 years. I haven't then got to get to 45 and think, oh, fuck, do you know what, that fast, flashy game that I've got, I can't no longer do it. I've got to re-change my game. And then when what happens then is then you re-change your game, you're starting from the bottom. Your mat time with that game has to be sort of developed in a, a different direction. I want to think, well, I've spent 30 years developing this slow-paced game, which is efficient, works well, and I can keep doing this for as long as I, as I need to. That's interesting. Because you, you probably see that, I don't know, as time goes, if you're gonna post it, oh, yeah, yeah. please well, just, just please do uh, not put it in the portrait. Uh, put it in portrait, please. Portrait. Yeah, because no one likes to turn their phone on reels or like on stories. <laughs> it's yeah, true. mate. Like, it's true. Thomas a cunt. Yeah, we're still recording, aren't we? I can do this out, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's all recorded. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. It's really interesting because when you look at other individuals, I'd probably say that sub only seems the more flashy way to go. Yes. And I think, in terms of the way we are with social media and like media coverage, right? Yeah. I'm sure you're aware, mate, that you go to an IBJJF event, unless you're hitting the highlight arm bar or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you're this, not seen. You're not seen. You're just another number on, no. on their board type thing. Yeah. So it, it's. And I do think for the sport to grow, it needs to be like that because it needs you need more eyes on it. So it needs yeah. to be more. But then, is that a game for the younger crowd coming through? Is that that? That's what I think. I think for me, like I'm I'm realistic where I am. I'm you know close to forty years old. Um, so 
it's the flashy stuff for me is probably not going to be there. But c can I win the world's IBJJF for black belt? Maybe. Yeah. You know, um, but I think as the sport does evolve, it's going to be more of that stuff because you're right. Social media that they want to see that stuff, and it's the same as you know, MMA is exciting. It's the knockouts, you know, mm. that you see. It's that that's how the sport is going to get bigger. But it'll be interesting to see if those same individuals are playing the same game at 50. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Or are they point. playing different games at 50? Yeah, no, that's I don't know point. how it will be and how it will pan out. I'm just trying to think about longevity for me. And, you know, when I started this journey, realising, I spoke to Adam Wazinski uh, last time we were down for a seminar. I didn't realise he's been training like 12 years. I was like, fuck, that is it, 12 years. Like, yeah, just about 12 years. And I was like, it makes sense what he's done though because his whole game is to get to his game. Mm. So he hasn't thought about, oh, I need to master close guard, wrestling, footlocks, blah, blah, blah. No, he needs to master butterfly guard. And then all of his game is game to get to that, that, that guard. Then he spent 12 years mastering that one guard in competition, you know, and then that compounds, as I said before, with mat time. So for me, it's about doing my one game that works well for me and just spend time doing that, mastering it, mastering it, mastering it, keep going, keep going, trying to get better. And then eventually, you know, I might have a year where I'm like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to try and sub everyone this year. But I know it's going to take a year and that'll take something away from my other part of my training and game. So maybe that's something that I do at the end of my competition career or something. That's interesting. So would you say that social media could be slowing our games down? <laughs> Well, I think it's growing the sport, you know, which is it's better for everyone when the sport's bigger because it means more youngsters are coming through and we're all here because we enjoy the sport. And I mean, and what it's done for us inside the gym is probably just as much as what it's done for us outside the gym. So I think the social media stuff is growing the sport and I think the more it can grow, the bigger it will get, the more people the sport can help. I mean, I wish I'd found this when I was 18. I wouldn't have been such a little knob, probably. Well, maybe, I don't know. But I feel like it's sort of gives you a lot of stuff and the faster we can grow it with social media you know because as I said I think that game of the sub only fast pace jumping around cartwheel passing and all that kind of stuff is for a certain amount of people out there but is that the younger generation I don't know it's, I don't think it's for me though mm, that's interesting dad bod slow old <laughs> I just try and crush him that's Have all I try and do I think it's like alpha dad like, is it and he's like There's how to make sure the, uh, yeah. he's not even that not even shredded no. he's, he's like he's sure jacked he's in a good like alpha dad, dad. It's like, <laughs> He's just absolutely monster. Is he? Like, when you see no dad across the street, he's like curling a bar, staring tense. He said, "Shit!" He's like when it's when it's raining outside, get the kettlebells and start marching up and down mm. barefoot with your top off type thing, <laughs> just to exert dominance, yeah. just so everyone's aware. That's what it's class. The more I see people do these, like carrying the logs and boats, oh, they're God. just oh, they're hilarious, aren't they? Yeah. I, I literally sit there. Um, the algorithm on Instagram works so well. I'm just there like, there's one, two, three. <laughs> everyone, I'm just laughing, just like, yes, yes. carry the logs, carry the boats. It's great. <laughs> I could carry logs save my fucking life, but it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's great. Um, question I got for you then is, you were doing a lot of CrossFit beforehand. Yes. And uh, from doing CrossFit myself uh -huh. and then coming into other sports, there's definitely a stigma around it. Like, well, that's not going to be beneficial for you. Everyone gets injured in CrossFit. Yeah, rah, yeah, yeah. Rah, rah, rah. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't see Olympic snatches really helping like, no. your jiu-jitsu game. You could possibly argue it could strengthen some shoulders to some degree, yeah. but nothing major. Um, what do you think the... There's going to be elements that are going to be useful. I think so. I think um, there's nothing like... 
It depends because when you start a white belt, the the actual sessions of BJJ is going to just tank you anyway. So a normal <laughs> session of it and sparring is going to tank you anyway. Um, is it the same as a hundred thrusters? I don't know. I don't think you don't get that sort of lung bleeding that I feel like you get from a a workout of CrossFit. I did both at the same time, mm. and at white belt, I think that's a mistake because I think it's you're doing they're both too intense. Yeah. I think as you progress through the belts, what normally happens, as we were talking about before, is your game, your game will be simplified for your, whatever you play, should start to narrow down and get more simple and you just get better at it. You become efficient. So that's why sometimes you get like brown belts that might put on a bit of weight or whatever. Because their game's so efficient now, they don't need to, they're not put in that red zone. And I think that's where you could do something like at the higher belts is you could put in something like CrossFit or some kind of, I mean, now I'm doing intervals interval training on the sort yeah. of like rower because there's nothing I don't think the jits sessions even sparring it's like you'll explode out for a little bit and then you've got a little space there to rest you'll explode rest explode rest whereas if you've got like I don't know 100 calorie assault bike sprint like that's going to kill you that's going to mm. like that's going to kill you um, and I think it's needed then and I think as the sport's evolving more emphasis is going to be tied to okay you've got the technique but have you got the conditioning have you got the nutrition have you got all the other stuff that's going to have to be bolted on there as well uh, because it's getting bigger more numbers means more people are going to do it and especially yeah. now there's more money in it so i think you know doing it a white belt probably not a good idea and if you're young if you're young and you're you can recover you can recover <laughs> quick enough to do it then yeah. yeah you can do it and if you've got a smart crossfit coach or, or whatever but sometimes the trouble is with crossfit as you know you turn up and it's just whatever workout they say it is mm. 100 pull-ups or whatever and then you're going to go and do some kind of like uh spider guard after you've just done like 100 <laughs> whatever it is in your hands are wrecked you can't yeah. even move Go, but, do, go do some rope climbs the day before yeah, doing some yeah. session. That's going to be fucking fantastic. You but know. I don't know, do you think the conditioning's as good? I think it depends on, like I said, the gym that you go to. Yeah. I, I, I've had the joys of, again, Gym Gypsy Shock. Uh, I've gone uh -huh. to all different CrossFit gyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's certainly CrossFit gyms that very care about everything that's going on. Everything's yes. planned specifically based yeah. on, like, structure. There's other CrossFit gyms where you can tell they've just gone on Wadwell and gone, and like, gone we're doing this, this. this one today. Yeah. Um, and there's no consideration. Now, I think would a CrossFit gym, depending, obviously, with the links you've got here, there's obviously a jujitsu side to it. Yes. So they're going to try and tip that into consideration, I would imagine, to some degree. Yeah. Um, whereas if you had a separate CrossFit gym and a separate jujitsu gym, yeah. you're going to have to try and manage that yourself, which if you're a little bit naive to it and new to training and that type of thing, then that it's might be a bit of an possible. issue. Yeah, and even, you know, it's not fair, even if I was to train somewhere, I couldn't say, Ben, can you put the class for me yeah. I'm doing this comp you know what I mean it wouldn't be kind yeah. of big deal. <laughs> can you change the whole program to fit my jiu-jitsu in so he's, he's, he's never going to be jiu-jitsu focused so I think but chucking in some kind of like sprints or something in your training every now and again just keeps you on your toes mm. uh, but then that's again going back to competing and why I think it's so important to compete a lot is because sometimes we can say to ourselves oh well I'm doing three sessions of jiu-jitsu this week that's enough conditioning that's enough strength and then you do a competition and you go against someone that's doing the strength and conditioning and he just whips your ass and you're like, mm. oh shit, maybe I do need to add some nutrition advice in there, some yeah. whatever advice in there. Exactly. I'd probably say from all the CrossFit workouts, the one that's going to be most re replicable for JIT is going to be somewhere like an EMOM. EMOM, or there's, uh, is it Fight Gone Bad? Is yeah. That, that's not too bad of a one. Um, I think EMOM's is good. Like, I think just the assault bike, I'll tell you what I think, if for full-time competitors, 
what is a go-to CV machine is the rower. Really? Yeah. Over the assault bike? Over the assault bike because of one reason, okay? We spend a lot of time in this position, yeah? So we're always uh, tensing I'm here. Yeah. We're calling up. I'm on one side a lot or the other side. So, But when I'm rowing, I'm ex doing the other way. I'm, I'm coming outwards and I'm yeah. expanding a bit more. So I feel like I've made the mistake of wearing my front abs, hip flexors and all that is tight. Um, and I feel like I've neglected sometimes my lower back and back stuff. I feel like if you mix both of them together, assault bike's a winner as well for me. I'd use it every week. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would pick, you know, now do all my zone two, so 40 minutes on the rower. You could argue ski erg. Ski erg as well, but then I do feel like you're, you're here and it's still a crunch. Mm. Whereas I feel like rower, you're like extending back out. Yeah. Whereas I don't feel like you do this much in jits, you're always doing this. Like, yeah, and even the, the skier as well, you're pulling in, which is a, an exercise that you do anyway. But I think if you're full-time jiu-jitsu, you, like, that's already strung. All this mm. is already, it's what, where it gets weak is I think, I'm, you know, I'm not an expert with it by any means. No, but since I've, some, you know, I've added this row in there, my back health, my lower back health has felt way, way, way better. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because the both sides of the core are balanced almost, if you know yeah, what I mean. That's the an back interesting of point. the spine almost if I could it's put where? it in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trunk work and I yeah. put palaf holds in there, it's really keeping me more stable. Uh, especially if you play guard on one side, you're gonna get uh, like you're gonna get an imbalance somewhere, which is what I've got. Jiu-Jitsu guys, eighty years, oh like, they're just like I mean, deformed. Yeah. I'm like... literally like this when I walk around. Sometimes people are like, "You alright, man?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, fine." Just, just like yeah, hunch back, like, hunch. Yeah, this one side. Or you just hunch back and knock. And it's honestly it's bad. <laughs> you joke, but it, honestly, that's the way I've been walking around. Because you think, like, as I said before, I'm doing five, six hours a day, and I'm in this position, like this. Yeah. And you this don't look normal. Like, hold, yeah. let, me, let me lie down quickly. <laughs> oh, you look normal now. <laughs> well, even yeah, this make, hip. Make sure you get all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> even this hip is like this hip. When I've seen my physio, is like, mate, this hip is like really good at like pulling in, but it doesn't move. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the one that I'm always on, and this is the leg that always is like wide and turns and yeah. does everything else in my half guard. But this is the one that's on the floor all the time. So I was spending like you know four or five hours a day, it's like being pressed against the wall for four or five hours a day and then exercising anything that's here, but not nothing that's on this way. So you've got to, if you're full time, I feel like those imbalances is a matter of time before they come out. You know, depending if you, depending on your game as well. Like if you've got a, like a different kind of style of game, then maybe those balances won't show. Mm. But I think we all tend to play one side or the other. Um, Balancing that, that it can be difficult. You, so, is this your full time job, Jits? My, uh, so my full time job is a is nutritionist, and yep. then you do do a lot of jujitsu on the side, or uh, is in what is in working with different uh, no, people, just like training wise. Yeah, so I train yeah. obviously a bit injury prone at the moment. Uh, I ended up uh, spraining my ankle ten weeks ago. Oh, um, no. That was just doing some flow rolling wrestling. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah. No, it's flow wrestling uh, in the warm up to an open mat before yeah. a podcast. And okay, I'm just ranking it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, oh, this is fuck. painful. Uh, Try to work through it, which is fine. And then four weeks ago, before the North Somerset Open, we yeah. went to the did an extreme dog walk and uh, <laughs> just walking the dog, hot hole, ankle went again oh, in the morning of the no. comp. And I was like, You're fucking kidding me. The thing is, so, when your ankle goes, it's not like, Oh, my ankle's sore. Your ankle it's been a cankle blew up to the size of, I probably yeah. say, a really yeah. overgrown tennis ball. Yeah. It was 
but still slightly taller now. Like, yeah. It's an absolute nightmare, but that is it happens. always the same side? Or yes, it, it's always yeah, the same ankle. Yeah, so it'd be some kind like, of weakness issue there. Yeah, chop it off, no one can heel hurt me. Hey. <laughs> um, I'll be there like Gordon Ryan, like holding my leg in front of them. Like, what are you going to do now, hey? I'm winning. <laughs> um, but again, I'm doing some rehab stuff on that at the oh, moment. Okay. I've got an SNC guy, obviously, shout out to Brotherhood Performance. They're doing really well up there. Nice. Um, but again, it's definitely learning... Like, from my own background, a bit of bodybuilding, a bit of CrossFit, you're yeah. thinking like, oh, I know a lot about this, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, fine. Yeah. And then they start chucking in some different moves and you're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah. And I was like, what have we started doing recently? Reverse squats. So lay your fat on your back, uh -huh. keep the band nice and taut and then bringing your knees to your chest basically. Nice. And it's basically reminding me of like a dead bug, but your hip hinges are oh, going okay. like absolutely nuts at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is this torture? <laughs> like, but I'm like, again, doing some neck stuff. I'm like, why have I got a crazy neck pump right now? This is <laughs> fucking really weird. And then everyone's looking at you because you're holding like a plate on your forehead type thing. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And then it goes, some zone two stuff for an hour. I'm going, it's like, what the fuck is this guy even doing? <laughs> just there, uh, is he a mosh pitter maybe? Just like, yeah, bobbing his head type thing and just doing some zone two stuff. But it opens your eyes to say that this is all tailored towards the sport that we love and we have to try and obviously understand how to approach it because this isn't bodybuilding. This isn't CrossFit. Yeah, it's completely yeah. unique. And there will be some things I'll interloop with it, but I think the biggest thing I'd probably say to any listener or viewer right now is that there is a special niche for this in the sense that there are going to be certain needs that are going to be need to be met. And I think so. it needs to be treated as a separate sport rather than it being like, oh, this is similar to MMA. It's like, well, there are some similarities, but it's still different. Oh, right? 100%. You've yeah. never seen an MMA guy, for example, weigh in and then walk straight into the cage. No, no way. <laughs> There's no chance in hell. No even way. on the amateur circuit, they still give them at least four or five hours before that's even going to happen type thing. So you, could you specialise towards BJJ nutrition? I suppose yeah. that's when you sort of tell them about the weight cuts and stuff. Like yeah, that. exactly. Because the sport is evolving, especially when you look at the sub-only circuit. Yeah. Uh, that was the question for is that mm -hmm. they've got day before weigh-ins yeah, with better. some of them, which makes things a lot more easier. But even then, there's some mistakes that are being yeah, made 100%. massively because you speak to some people on the MMA scene who've been doing it for 30 odd years or something like this. Yeah. They're still doing absolutely barbaric stuff. You're Crazy like, cuts. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, start taking a load of vitamin C to then start make sure you're urinating more. I'm like, yeah. no, that doesn't work like that. No. Um, so again, the idea being is that it's trying to stop a load of different things getting into there. And as I kind of mentioned, you guys aren't taught anything. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and they shouldn't be have that expectation. It's like I said, you're not a dermatologist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For some reason, everyone treats you like that. Yeah. What should I do for my water cut? What yeah. Should I, when, what should know, I what do should with I this eat? and that type of thing? And yeah. the thing is, is that they'll get their information from elsewhere because we have this this social media platform. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this guy does this water cut and he water loads for two weeks prior. I'm like, you don't need to be doing that. Like, you're just <laughs> literally making yourself help for no reason. And so. We started obviously doing this to try and speak to obviously people like yourself, yeah. not to point the finger like you're an idiot, why are you yeah, doing yeah, this yeah, type yeah. of thing, but understand about experiences. The guy on the last podcast we put up a content today said, uh, yeah. I asked him, and I'll ask you the same question, uh -huh. any sort of fad diets he's done, and he said, uh, yeah, drinking a can of Coke every day uh, was to blitz the belly fat around his abs type thing. And Mark's absolutely shredded, but he said he did it for two months or three months every day, can of Coke, no way. That he read it from a magazine. I love him so much. <laughs> he, is, he has got to be the most militant person when it comes oh, to yeah. food. Is he? Jay tells him, yeah. go and... Find a northeastly wind. Food, <laughs> a northeastly wind with one leg above your head and he goes, yeah, Dan, let's go. Dan, let's go. Yeah. He does it. Bow, bow. But he is a huge unit. Yeah. And, 
I think I've seen him before. Not, I think I've yeah. met him as he well. Got, he got Europeans. a big grapple fight. Well, yeah. He done some Europeans. He had a bit of a frustrating Dublin trip where uh, his opponent refused to step on the mat. Really? Yeah. So saw him first. Yeah. And they said, no, fuck off. I'm not I joked to him, I said, mate, do you have your top on? And he was like, yeah, I did. And he still wouldn't come <laughs> on. I was like, fuck's sake. Um, I'm done. <laughs> that beast. That was class. Can you imagine going to Europeans, you train all that time, see your opponent going, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> What's your you coach going to say? Out. Nah, look at the size of him. He coach like, yeah, no, mate, don't get on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> so, question to you then, mate. Any okay. fad, fad diets that you've done previously? So, yeah, the old intermittent fasting diet, which I did yeah. at uh, sort of white belt and blue belt, which is the beginning of the blue belts, which just literally killed my training. I do think, as I said before, that stupidly training, hungry and tired made my game maybe a bit more efficient after a year of getting smashed. Um, but was yeah. that just and the intermittent fasting? Was that obviously there's a couple of camps for that? One we've got is for managing weight. The other one is for sort of information purposes and people believe at certain times. Mine was stuff. like for, oh, for you know you've heard all the benefits about longevity and also it was just a time issue. I was getting up early to train, so like and then I wasn't like sometimes I get to the gym like this morning at six in the morning, you know, and I haven't stopped yet all day, um, but then where's the time for the meals, you know, in between mm. that. But now I know I need to take, like, I'll take a flask of oats and I'm drinking oats with, like, chai seeds in it throughout the day with protein in it. Too. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I've got, like, raw eggs and I'm just smashing people like, well, and I'm beetroot shakes and all sorts of stuff. But I know that I need that fuel throughout because I feel like it's, um, it's like almost like a snowball going downhill. Like, I could feel good on day one, day two, maybe even for a week or two, and then before I know it, oh, I'm getting colds all the time or mm. oh, I'll get a niggle in my knee or my joints are just feeling more inflamed or... That's a good question. How do you keep consistent? Because as you mentioned, day two, week two, week three is when things just start to tail off all yes. of a sudden. And it's probably quite uh, transparent for a few of our listeners and viewers that Monday to Friday, the diet's great. Weekend yeah. comes and goes all out the fucking window. Now I yeah, appreciate yeah. with you, your full-time capacitor, so yes. you've probably got a bit more focus, but any tricks of the trade that you do to keep yeah, more consistent? Yeah, no, you, you'll be surprised that um, weekends is takeaway time for me. It's literally <laughs> takeaway time because I feel like, you know, it's in the week it's the same thing that i eat it's like my shakes that are made and i make two a day and my food's pretty boring and it's always like leftovers from the day before which is always some kind of meat some kind of carb and veg with some mm. fats in there it's always the same but then on the weekend i'm like right it's time for me to have a bit of coke it's time for me to have a takeaway and it's time for me to enjoy the food a little bit i found out when i first started to do too much dieting too quick okay yeah i was shredded but you burn out so fast. You just mm -hmm. get to that stage where you're like, oh, this is fucking doing my head. And then you end up taking like two weeks off of dieting and just thinking, fuck, I'm not going to diet. Whereas I felt like if you can keep Monday to Friday pretty good, standard probably with most people, roast or something on a Sunday or yeah. whatever it'll be, takeaway on a Friday night. And then to be honest, because I train quite a lot now, I don't really get hungry when I'm not training. Yeah. So like I, I, on a Saturday or Sunday, I could get up, and not have like brunch or whatever till about 11. It can be a fry up. And then again, maybe I'll have some kind of meal or whatever that's a bit shitty on a Saturday night. But I'm not like plowing loads of food in over the weekend. And I'm not saying to myself, you can't have that, you can't have this. Because I feel like, like you've got to enjoy it as well. You've got to enjoy it. It's fucking so long and so fucking this jiu jitsu journey or whatever, even fitness in general, is so long. You're going to have to do it forever. You're fucking miserable. What's the point? You've been miserable forever. You may as well try and give you these little pit stops and breaks where you can just eat what the fuck you want. If you want an mm. ice cream, have an ice cream. Um, but just 
I'll stick to 80-20. If you can get 80% of the time right, 20% of the time you're eating shit, I felt like yeah. that's just way more effective of um, of going for the for the long term. I mean, I don't know, you know, athletes are out there probably thinking, fucking hell, you know, he's not taking it serious, but... How are you going to topple Gordon? Yeah, 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 so I'm not after him, fuck that. Um, you know, I just don't feel like... And also got family and kids and stuff. I, I, I want to go out with them and, and do stuff and fucking have food with them and not be like, oh, I can't eat this this week or or whatever. And it, so I think giving yourself those treat days is important. That's the trick of the trade. Yeah. Like stuff, little simple things like putting the biscuit jar where it's not like I stayed at my missus' parents' house uh, for a while and every time I went to get a cup of tea or coffee out, I'd open the jar and the biscuit jar was like there in my face with all these chicken chocolates next to it and you know they all smash through that weekly but I was like I've, now in my house the biscuit jar is like up and away somewhere yeah. where like it's just not in my sight so if I'm anything that's in my sight it's like fruit or something else and because I do meal prep it's like I don't like to waste food so I'm like oh, I'll just eat that it's already made so stuff like that keeping stuff away and just a bit harder to reach you'll be surprised how many fucking less biscuits you eat if you put that biscuit jar just up the top shelf somewhere it's interesting you give a, you give a barrier of resistance and stuff. so I use this yeah. example right, when people go like oh I can't be bothered to weigh my food right and I say the reason we're doing this to begin with is a complete novice I'm like you need to understand yeah. what the fuck you're eating yeah right? yeah yeah me and you can have a guess as to how much this peanut butter weighs here yeah. right you could be spot on I could be miles off type thing yeah, and yeah, based yeah. on your experience and knowledge right and I said, if I got your toothbrush, right, and I chucked it out the window, yeah, I've given you a massive barrier of resistance for you to brush your teeth in yeah. the morning or at night, right? Keep the scales out, right? Don't put them in the back of the fucking cupboard. No. Like, get them out in front yeah, of you. Yeah, they're there. You then, see them every day. Exactly. You've got to step over And it's vice versa yeah. with the food groups. Like, yeah. my wife is a like, biscuit queen, as she's trying to <laughs> right? And so we've got a pack of chocolate digesters which we try and save for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's not as tall as me, so I put them <laughs> on the top shelf really far away. She actually can't grab them. Like, oh, and then all think. of a sudden, she's like, where do these come from? I might have kept them safe because I know if I did there from Monday when we do the food. Shot. they'll be gone by yeah they're gone. they're gone they're <laughs> shit. Um, they're gone again but it keeps things consistent with that but that's interesting to hear uh, one other question I've got so There's obviously we get huh? sorry someone's knocking the door <sighs> there how dare they <laughs> biscuits no, it's fine. Uh, the other question I've got is we get some listeners and viewers and inquiries that want to put on weight yes right and the hard thing for them again is being consistent and also getting used to the higher food volume uh-huh from what you said to me, you've got a few shakes in there and stuff like that, yeah. right? Did that take a bit of time of adjustment to it? It does, yeah. And even the, like, you know, I have a flask of oats now and that is like sometimes hard for me to drink. And if I feel like if you're training hard, actually eating a lot of food is quite difficult sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I sit down and it's like the meal takes me about an hour to eat. But just doing it slowly, I think that's the best way. So when you're first having a shake, you're just having like milk and protein, for example. Then after like a week or two weeks, you put in half a banana. And then maybe, okay, an avocado, and then yeah, build so. it up slowly. Because I do think if you go from eating nothing to a lot, your body just feels sick. Yeah, you get bored of it, and again, you're going to burn out. So it, like, putting it that in there slowly, I think, is a, a much better Approach. position to be in. Yeah. One final sponsor shout-out to the team at Inner Chimp. Inner Chimp is a brand name that really speaks to grapplers and fighters, one we can believe and relate to on a personal level. Inner Chimp is simply catchy, right? And with small tweaks can be your general gym wear and casual wear and rash guards like this for men, women, and children. 
Inner Chimp is ethically produced and has turned down cheaper production overseas to ensure this. Understanding we only have one Earth, right, which we need to look after. This is at the forefront of their production decisions. And we want you, our listeners and viewers, to have a sense of accomplishment in knowing that you are doing your part when buying their products. Inner Chimp Tees are 100% organic cotton. They're packaging 80% recycled cardboard and all of their products are designed to last. Their production and manufacturing is in the UK, trying and aiming to be as eco-friendly as possible, leaving close to zero global footprint. But to put it simply, Inner Chimp has a massive passion for the sport, attention to detail and our planet in mind, and always at the forefront of your own Inner Chimp. Go check out their website, www.inner-chimp.co.uk, or go check out their Instagram, at inner underscore chimp. Thank you for your time. And I think, you know, I think majority of people, I feel like in Jits, would be better off putting on a bit of weight. Yeah. Um, because it's just joint, protects your joints and that kind of stuff. I mean, I know there's different circumstances with different people. Um, but I love going into competition knowing I've got two kilos to put on that week. You know, I'm going to have my creatine that week. I'm going to have all my sort of drinks that I'm going to have to drink and all mm. that and I go into that competition everything's full I can just feel like everything's full of glycogen and I'm ready to go yeah, yeah. Um, it's much more of a and there's no internal battle with those scales which is like a massive fucking pain in the ass nutritionist yeah. doesn't make weight it's what goes away but then like I said I care much about the clients so I feel like I'm representing them yeah and yeah them I mean what weight do you compete at then anyway uh, super heavy super I keep heavy so under uh, 100 <laughs> Yeah, is under that, no, 97, I think 97, it is. 97, nice. And then under yeah. 100.4. What do you walk around as normally? 25. Yes, right. that's cool then. It's, it's a bit more trickier. I've got, I've not to use this as an excuse, but being type 1, for yes. example, if my sugars go low, yeah. I can't be like, well, that's too many calories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to have something. I've got to have yeah. something. So it took a little while to get used to it. So I've put on a little bit more weight yeah. um, over time, but nothing major. And, it, and then eventually speaking to uh, Mark about it, because again, he used to float between like light, um, is it light heavy? I think it is, or heavy and super heavy. Okay. Never would go into the ultras because we were all kind of the agreements that you don't know what the fuck's going to Yeah, who's going right. to be there? I think one of our friends who normally fights in the ultras, uh, big guy, shout out to Lee, mm -hmm. and um, he went to one of the competitions and he had basically an ex pro, uh, ex -pro rugby league player turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, oh, like, small, like taller than him, as jacked and as athletic, and he said he felt like a child. <laughs> and it's just like, you just don't know. Like, no, that, actually, I'd rather not have that. But um, yeah, it's, sorry, back to the point of eating for more food volume mm -hmm. and stuff. You're very much right in the sense I feel like as an element, and this is not to sound hippy dippy or retraining the gut but getting used to eating that food yeah, volume yeah. it takes a little while to get used oh, to the 100%. sensations I would say it takes a thing. good few weeks to sort of build up to that if you go in hard straight away as I said before when my nutritionist said, showed me the carbs well he told me the amount of carbs and I cut the amount of carbs I was like what the fuck is this <laughs> how am I going to eat all this you know, but then slowly break it down in six yeah. portions and slowly get it in but there. Yeah, use the liquid carbs, that type yeah, of thing, build it up. That's a lot and better stuff. for me. And liquid that's the other, other misconception that people have with liquid carbs is that, oh, you shouldn't touch this. This is full of sugar. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. it depends on the context of the person you're yeah. speaking to, right? If I've got, shout out Fat Trev, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that a client of yours, is it? Shredded. Uh, no, Fat Trev came from another podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, Fat Trev. Fat Trev. We, we're going to make a t-shirt, we have to. Um, <laughs> so, you have to watch all the other ones today. Okay, it's a long well, story. Right. Um, but what, Fat Trev, obviously, who's overweight and stuff, he does yeah. not need to be touching full sugar drinks. No, that's true. Yeah. But for someone like yourself, who's training three or four times a day, yeah, you right, need it. you're going to need to get those liquid carbohydrates in there from the sake of Lucas A. Sport. 
I always like to refer to Matt Fraser. Did you hear his Joe Rogan podcast? What no, I don't think I've done that one his yet. His post-workout routine was a full fat can of Coke yeah, and a Mars yeah, yeah. bar, and that's uh-huh. all he used to have. And I was like, he used to see laugh at everyone else, like, wearing out their shit. Yeah, like, oh, he's this, he's like, no, <laughs> like, you need the calories. You that's need the, yeah, you and need that's the a this misconception. Well, but, it's, um, it's crazy, it's like Dan Strauss was saying, at one point, what he was doing with his weight cut was, he would stand on the scale, and he'd have a glass of water, with a glass of water, how much do I weigh? Oh, it's too much, too, a bit of water out. Yeah. Drink it too much, a little bit out. Oh, right, okay, there we go. And then water from the cup, for like a scoop. Scoop. Ah, there oh, we go. It's a bit of weight. No, like, life there, there as well. I like it, but stuff. but nothing against Dan. But this is the thing. Like when we look at the top level and what yeah, we're hearing yeah, yeah. from them, yeah. I'm like, why is no one talking about yeah. this? Like Should again, there's more. not as if, like I said, if I, let's be honest, you can become a purple belt, you can go and open up a school. Yes, mm. it's true. Right. True. And we talk about the gyms that are giving out fucking belts like candy all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah. What the fuck is going to come out from there? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, all it takes is them to get pissed off with their instructors. Yeah. I'm opening up my own school, fuck you. Yeah. Right, and a bit of like entrepreneurial. Down. It's like, mm. what yeah. the fuck have they learned? I think so. it's lucky that some of these people in the public eye, you know, like Dan Strauss and, uh, and, and yourself and that, you have the mindset of, hmm, I need to look into this. I need to get some help. Like, you know, you have the, yeah. the ability to have that self it's that humility side of things mm. yeah like this is um to anthony crocker who we spoke about he's mentioned about it that there's just too many people out there who just want to be pros and stuff and it's just yeah like, i know best this yeah. has come to me for this i know the best yeah, yeah. it's not true and unfortunately obviously there's a lot of people who shift five kilograms in their life and think all of a sudden they know everything about yeah. dieting and it's yeah. like mm, you know you don't I have to put it bluntly. But and it's different for everyone as well, isn't it? It's, you know, it's the individual. Like some people, as you said, do need to lose and some people need to gain. And then... But also the approach you take with it. It's yeah. I try and revert back to things with jiu-jitsu in the sense of like, okay, you may go to a leg lock heavy gym, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't suit you, right? Doesn't mean that that should be the only style you should ever learn type yes. thing. You should yeah. go and like try different things. It's about finding different approaches with stuff. And most of the time, we try and take a personal approach that if you've got family and kids, I don't want dad having a separate meal to them. No, some degree. no, no. Like, you've got to have be, the same. There'd be certain meals which you have control over, but yeah. dinner time, I don't want like my, like your, your son's having look at you and no. going, why is dad having a separate meal? He's having just broccoli sandwich or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is that all about type thing? Because yeah. what's that question is going to come up in the future type thing? Yeah. So it's all in perspective. Um, should we move on to questions then? Yeah, Unless yeah. there's anything else you want to add? Or? I don't think so. No, I think we've covered quite a lot. Yeah. Are we going to start asking questions then? Mm. I'll come and sit next to you because at least then I don't have to fucking shout from where I am. No, no, sorry, I'm not on camera where I am. Uh, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you otherwise. Oh, boo. <laughs> I'm, not, no, I'm not stupid. I got this angle down, man. Okay, yeah, point at no, you. I'm loud enough now, mate. It's fine. Hello, Ricky. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we can kind of run through some standard questions on the podcast um, and we kind of touched a little bit on them. Um, but some of the other ones we've gone for, uh, ones we haven't cleared off yet. So yeah. you've quite been competition. Tell us about your post-comp meal. Post-comp meal, when so... just two gold. Well, yeah, okay, bum bum. So if it's I'm away, then I'm going to have something in a restaurant. If I'm driving, normally it's like a Burger King. I'm like, right, where's Ooh. the biggest Burger What's King? Oh, I don't know what it is even from there now. Is it like a Whopper, a double Whopper or something like that that mm-hmm. they do there, double Whopper? That's the one I'm gonna have. Just because I'm on the road anyway, I'm driving, I'm like, right, this is the dirtiest meal that I can think of. <laughs> I'm gonna smash it yeah. as a proper treat. If I'm away though, in a restaurant, I love steak, I love any kind of things like that, so normally a good, decent steak. Yeah, yeah that's, that's nice. a decent meal for me. It's 
pretty common. I think everyone goes like, yeah, fast food route. Yeah, yeah. That's always yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, any unpopular jujitsu opinions that you have? Oh, unpopular jujitsu opinions. Anything? Fire away. We've had some belted. <laughs> Let me have a think. I'm I'm not sure about the belt system. I don't know because I do think that maybe it should be a different belt. I don't know if it's unpopular or not, or if more people are coming around to this opinion. But a competitive belt, maybe, and then a novice belt or whatever you'd call it. I don't know if you call it a novice belt. Maybe hobbyist belt, but giving it a different name because it's some people sometimes when they get promoted are always like, oh, I don't feel like I deserve this. Does that person's coming and smashing me? Blah blah blah. But then I'm like. Yeah, but he's training full-time and whatever, lifting this and doing that, and you've got five kids and you're running around trying to run a business, and, yeah. like, it's different. So I think sometimes, I don't know with the belt system, but then the belt system does keep you in check as well. It keeps, that, it keeps everyone sort of accountable, and I think that's really important. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So I think maybe it's the belt system. I don't think I that's popular. I think that's probably quite common. I think that's quite common. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a conversation that's definitely come up a few different times of yeah. sort of having a pro league. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, in the sense that you know what you're signing up for. Yeah. yeah. In the sense that I'm not going to go and feel bad about smashing some 17-year-old type no, of thing. No, it's true. But I know like, it's whatever, a pro yes. league all of a sudden. And yeah. it makes me then think, it also levels the argument, which I know we haven't really touched on much, about the pro league then would have to require you to submit a uh, testing procedure. Nice. Yeah. To then then say right like boxing yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you can't box without your head scan yes yeah you Three can't lessons. yeah or, yeah and it's likewise having that pro league within jujitsu that mm. you know as a competitor you want to go up against best of the best yeah yeah so you know what you're signing up for yeah and obviously again there's no like oh he's being harsh to that person snap that person's arm it's like well you know you're in the pro league you're in the pro suspect, league yeah and then you've got the testing procedure within it yeah. right which means that you can't go into the pro league without having having those tests done. Yeah, nice. And it cuts into that. But I don't know, is there enough pro league status people out there in it's the It's probably UK? not, it's probably not. And it's probably thing that's growing. Um, it just does, even for me, someone that competes at Masters, it sometimes feels like, especially the UK, I'm going against guys and that have like got kids and families and businesses and they're like, yeah. you know, they're training four hours a week and I'm like, Training how many hours a week, and I'm like pacing ah. up and down, staying yeah, up and then like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think you know you can see that unfairness there sometimes, especially in the in the different leagues. Yeah, it is there. I think there are certain places obviously competing in Abu Dhabi yourself. I yeah. know the AJP, you have to win points. Yeah, to, to enter, to enter into certain like ones. That. Yeah. So in line with that, pro league, maybe someone entity with bags of money. Not looking at you directly for that, but just that's all the gold. They're like, oh shit! <laughs> no, I, don't I don't have money. I don't have bags of money. Pay for money. Okay, pro cop. No, but like, th there could almost be that kind of entry level of you need to have been able to have competed at these levels, so we know that yeah. you're here, but then and then you get your pro belt. Yeah. Right. Look at the games, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh -huh. the games have that qualifying, obviously, procedure to yes. it, right? Uh -huh. And it's then kind of saying, right, they've also then got pro competitions. Yeah. yeah. So if they fancied, obviously, doing to I don't know, strength and depth Europe, right? For example, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna be a big names turn up, but you are at your local CrossFit gym. You're not gonna be going up against Pat Velner, for no. example. Yeah. yeah. Smash. And getting smashed. Like, Why is he <laughs> twenty minutes faster than me? It's just like. Well, there's a reason why there's a pro level yeah, to this yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 it's true. Belt level, that's going to be difficult. 
but there is pro competitions like the English. Yeah, Open, English Open have got a pro level. Pro we can find. Yeah, there is pro leagues out there. It's more, I think, where the issue comes, which I don't know how you solve it. I just think it's there. Is like sometimes you'll give a blue belt out to somebody or a blue belt out to someone else, and it's or even the brown belt. But then I know sometimes that one blue belt or whatever who's got there is thinking, oh, I don't deserve this because I'm getting smashed by That's this me. person or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly it's, which is like, yeah. like, you know, so it's hard to, how do you say to them, look, quantify yeah, it. yeah, this yeah. is not like, it means the same thing. I know you're at different stages of your game and life or whatever, but it's that, that un so I think that needs to change. I think the pro leagues are they're there all about. With um, even the world, you've got to score points with the world yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But it's more, uh, how do you solve the issue of a blue belt for some? But then it's like saying, I can't say this is a blue belt, but it's a novice one. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then yeah, this yeah. is a pro one for you. And but you're then, like, you they, fucking bastard. Yeah, what, like, like, what, like, yeah, like, why didn't I get the pro one? I've been here as much. Then, if I then leg lock and break his yeah, yeah, yeah. am I then pro? Oh, you're then the pro. Yeah. Oh, guess what? I take your belt from you. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. Imagine that. That's why I don't know if the belt system. But then, um, does, that, then is, does that help with the stripe system? Yeah, yeah. I just think. Do you look at kids' jiu-jitsu, for example? They've mm. got multiple different belts within it, type of thing. I just don't think like, do we need the belts anymore? Like, do Ooh. we need do, do, do? But then I think it does help you accountable because when you do get that blue belt, um, you know you're scared of the white belts that are coming up behind you, and then when you get the purple belt, you're scared of the blue belts that are coming up behind, and yeah. it forces you to adapt your game, and then yeah. it holds even the black belts responsible. Because you can't have your black belt now, you can't have the pub belt, whatever. It's going to happen times, but you don't want that pub belt to be catching up. All over you. Yeah, yeah so it's a difficult one to solve, but I feel like it's an issue there and something that, and I don't know how you even solve it, but it's yeah, something I, I think. Solve, no. I, I, Make I, everyone I, black belt. There we go. Yeah, boom. <laughs> Make everyone black belt. Everyone's a black belt. Yeah, I like that. Um, another one we have is one we got from a one of our podcasts but we kind of kept it in now is cool. what is a failure that you cherish the most uh, the most anything stand out that constantly burns in your brain to make you Rent strike free. <laughs> um, I've, to be honest I've failed so many times that it's just like it's part of it now I feel like that's part of the reason why I compete so much is because it's just a failure. I mean, every failure fucking stinks for me and hurts. So the, the last one, when was the last competed? Silver at the British adult. Most people are like, you got silver at the British, well done, but I'm still like, fucking hell, adult, and it still pissed me off a little bit. And then before that, I lost like 17-0 at a competition because I feel like I wasn't ready. So I think these failures have been there all the time. And I think... You know, looking back, I had that at every belt. I just can't remember yeah. them now as much. Mm. Uh, I can remember the wins, Europeans or whatever, but looking, I can't see those failures. I think it's just important. Not none that really stick out. Um, yeah, none that really stick out. Is there any that you've done in competition that has then changed your game after? Oh, 100%. Like, oh, I need to change my yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think it's, it's always the same approach, I feel, is like, you get to blue belt and you're like, well, I need more wrestling. I need more takedown mm. stuff. I need to be better at footlocks. It seems like everyone goes through the same thought process yeah, yeah. Um, that when they go through. So I think, you know, looking back, I think, I think when I started to lose at purple belt is because I was trying to do new things through blue belt a lot. I was trying to get better judo and then I was getting better wrestling. But then what I forgot was I'm a guard player. 
I, I, this is you know I'm, I'm like why am Ready I trying to, to yeah <laughs> why, like why am I trying to do all these things yeah. to improve th this when I'm best at this position in God mm. why am I not just trying to get to this position in God so mm. I think around about then is when I started to realize just stop fucking around wrestling yeah. because sometimes you get someone that's an MMA fighter who's a blue belt but he's done MMA grappling and f for fucking ten years and mm. then I've done I've done. 10 no-gi stand-up mm. like, lessons and think, oh, I'm going to stand with this guy <laughs> when, no, he's going to smash you. It's the same thing as, uh, we, we had the conversation in the car, it's like um, the Bruce Lee thing of uh, everything that's useless, don't worry about it. Yeah, everything yeah. You stall, yeah. hold of it. You know, yeah. like, you can gain uh, quite a bit from doing no-gi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mainly doing gi, yeah. you're not going to practice catching collar ties. No. It's not going to matter as much. You really do anything because you no. get a collar tie, someone's going to get it behind your. Uh, Leave me alone. I do it all like, the time. <laughs> uh, hang on, this is a bit weird. You know, you can't two on one a, uh, you know, a, a collar tie behind you. But yeah. You can't two on one a key uh, grip. I like, just double just... lapel grab and slam their face into the floor. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Really no, it's <laughs> fine. Oh, really? Yeah, you can do it. It's fine. Yeah, um, yeah a bit of a weird one. That, it was. Nick? It was. I think the. Um, you know, it, it, it evolves by itself just naturally yeah. as well. I feel like if you tr try to, but then you need those failures to highlight that. You need to be like, okay, well, I'm not a fucking wrestler. Why am I trying mm. to wrestle? I'm not a, a stand-up guy. I'm not a footlocker. Why am I trying to foot like everyone? Because I'm leaving my own feet vulnerable. <laughs> but then I think, you know, what happens naturally if we go is eventually is your game will start expanding into those areas anyway. Yeah. And you'll naturally start to clip them onto your game as your game evolves and it gets bigger, but you just have to give it time. That's mm. what everyone I think misses is that time base. Question for you. With your is it scholarship, is that the best way yes. to it? Yeah. Did you have much animosity from your peers? <laughs> yeah. So and um, I'd probably say less like the banter type of thing, like yeah. or anything, but actual I, I don't feel like like no one would be rude to my face probably and not because I'm fucking hard or anything just because people in general are not That's like nice. That's yeah. What you said earlier. <laughs> 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 he was on that pee break. He was like, I'm fucking. I go to the toilet. Fuck you both. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's alright. I'm fine now. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I don't think people naturally are not going to be. Um, but you know, it's I'm in such a privileged position, and it's not only because of army sports that have given me the scholarship because a lot of people are on the same scholarship as me mm. but my, their units won't give them the time uh, I'm lucky enough to be placed into an infantry battalion um, you know and the rifles in general they support sp sports they try and push out sports as much as they can and they've got a lot of people there as well so they, they can spare some people sometimes um, some units like marines or whatever they can't give away people but I do think you know there's no animosity there that's in the in the like face to face but i do feel like some people uh resent it a little bit i suppose but is that phrase that i'm sure you may have heard before like it must be lucky right yes yeah right. i get that all the time like, oh you're you're lucky to be on this but they what they don't see is i'm gonna get up at five every morning i haven't been on i recently went on a holiday with my family uh, but that's the first holiday that I've been on in sort of five years. And people yeah. are like, well, what do you mean? You're on leave all the time. I'm like, I'm not on leave. Like, even when I'm going to Vegas next four weeks, 
I'm going to be in Vegas and I know exactly what I'm going to do and I'm going to be in the room. In that crab's table. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> this is the, the, the general for the persona. Yeah. Is that, oh, you're going to Vegas. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just training all the time. It's amazing. But they don't see me. Well, no, I've got to pay for my own physio to get sports massages. I've mm. got to turn down promotions. I've got to pay, pay to, tr to train in different facilities. I've got a, a like sacrifice. a lot of sacrifice, and not only me sacrificing it, but like I can't, like I haven't gone on family my holiday, so I haven't gone on holiday with my family for five years, so they're sacrificing as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's not only me that sacrifices; it's them. Um, so it's that side of things, and I know people. Like I've been on this for so long that there's a reason I've been on it for so long because mm. some people get put on it for a year. And they'll be like, wow, I've got a year. I haven't got my boss that's always, you know, there saying, yeah. this is what you need to do. You know, don't be wrong, he phones me up, gives me support, tells me where I need to be at what time. Um, but I know some people, they would sleep in. Oh, I'm just going to do the 10 o'clock session today. Oh, well, my friend's doing this. I'm going to get a part-time job doing this instead to earn a bit of money or yeah, yeah. to support. Well, then you focus on building the skills, you know, there's a reason why I'm doing so much social media and all that kind of stuff. You know, that takes time and effort, as you boys know. Yeah. Uh, because that builds, that tells people about the army, this is what I'm doing, this is what the army are paying for me to do. You know, a recruitment drive almost, you can see it as. Um, so. Is there expectations for you to do the social media? No, is not there, at all. So that's off your own back? That's on well. my own back, but I understand that, you know, the better I can promote myself and what I'm doing for the army, the more likely they would say to me next year, you're going again, well done for last year. So, I think one of the questions we did come through on Instagram was about the ability to do train jits whilst being in the army. Yes. Is that easily done or not really? It, well, it is. So if I go back and just tell you about my story. So as a white belt, I trained, but I had a full-time job as a, as a PTI, as a physical training instructor. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd do my normal day and I would train in the mornings. When I say a normal day for, especially for an infantry, infantry battalion, you do fizz in the morning, which is some kind of circuit. Yeah. Then you'll do maybe a lesson. You'll have like a big two-hour lunch break, and then you do maybe a lesson in the afternoon. So it's a pretty relaxed day, and then the evenings are free because you're away from home or whatever. So a normal day, and I'll train around that day, day either early in the morning or lunch breaks or after work because I said I was away from home with the yeah. guys and girls, so I'll just train with them. Did that for two years before I, any scholarship we talked about. Yeah. Then I approached my boss said to him, look, I'm doing this. I've just won the Europeans. What do you think? Is there any chance I can get on a sports scholarship? He said, no, not at, this, not at this time. But what we can do is we can give you a job where you're at home from Monday to Friday. You have to work in an office, but you're at home Monday to Friday. So then I would be um, just consistency of training then for two years, yeah. which is massive because sometimes in the army you'll get to unit, you'll train for three or four weeks because you'll be back in the unit, then you'll get sent off somewhere for yeah. a month or two. And then you're coming home, train, and then you get sent off. So I consistency of training. Um, but in that four year period, then I won another big title and they're like, okay, now you're getting good enough to rust and maybe offer you elite sport status, but this is what it involves. Um, so it took a lot of planning. It took me that's four years in the making just to get to that stage before I started the scholarship. And then, you know, I've still got to think about next year and what's going to happen next yeah. year and whatever. That's a question I was going to have. Like from, from what I've seen the British Army put out about the, um, the scholarship, yes. it's highly sought after. You yes. don't just roll out of bed and go, I'm going to apply for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do it. Do you, do, is there like a requirement for you to, you have to not be seen to be winning, but be seen to be active 
within that sport to continue to get onto that? Yeah, how definitely. Do you keep it like kind of rolling. Well, just like what I'm doing, uh, like I'm doing the social media stuff all the time. I'm yeah. competing all the time, which means that there's times I'm losing, but then a lot of times I'm winning as well. Mm. Um, and especially when you go into the like the big ones at Masters, when I'm yeah. on the when I'm in Abu Dhabi Worlds and I'm holding the rifles flag. That's massive for their Twitter and all that kind sure. of stuff. They push all that out. So it's about, yeah, I need to be consistently winning if possible. Mm. But I, I'm realistic. Sometimes at the beginning of the year, I know I'm not going to win much. So maybe I'm doing all the local comps, trying yeah. to win as much as I can, yeah, putting the army name out there. Then at the end of that year, I'm, okay, I've got the Europeans coming up. I'm going to try and win the Europeans. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's hard to stay on and maintain and yeah. stuff. But and it's hard to get on there as well. So it is sort of after. But it's, you know, I've found from different units supported because you know if you're say you're a chef and the and you're assigned to a unit, mm -hmm. you've your job is the chef of that whole unit, so they can't say to you, oh, you've just won this, you yeah, you can disappear for a year yeah, and do this kind yeah. of scholarship. They're going to say, sorry, you know, we're trying to support you when we can, but you've got a job role or whatever. Yeah. Infantry job roles, you know, uh, are infantry required. Um, still busy, still heavily manned units, but there's a bit more scope to say. Oh, we can release you for a little bit to mm. do this. We don't need you for this or whatever training exercise. Yeah, it's like you um, said about that sacrifice point. It's kind of like the higher, the more like um, indisposable you make yourself. Yes, the harder it is to get onto the program. It is unfortunately, yeah, it's harder to get. And I know that's not for all, but I found because sometimes the truth is a year is not long enough, especially in mm. something like jets. Like, how far can you get in a year of training jets full time? I don't think very far, especially. You know, it'll be hard for some people to understand, but those that have trained for a long time, it's like it takes five years sometimes yeah. to have like good training, yeah. and then it takes about six months just to evolve. Yeah, like, hundred percent. Yeah, like, and then the strength and conditioning. So if you yeah. get a year scholarship, how far can you go in that? I don't think you can go that far. Mm. Um, it's because I've always looked at it as like I love this sport so much, I want to do it after as well. And I, I know the the higher the skill level comes. The, the more likely you, can, you are to run a gym, you're more mm. likely to earn money doing whatever in the yeah, sport, yeah. but you need to build the skill level. The skill level is gonna take five to 10 years at full-time pace to build. To build. So I'm always realistic in, oh, if they give me one year, that's not gonna do much. So mm. I've gotta be ready for them to say- You gotta work pretty hard on that down Yeah, you gotta work <laughs> hard and you know, you can only take one step by step because sometimes they might say, well, something might kick off somewhere and they'll be like, sorry, like, yeah. you're needed for something else come back and that's yeah. just my job the way it goes um, and I have to find other avenues to train somewhere I had another one come in the yes. other day and it was from a friend who said that they feel like you are the Jocko Willink of the UK <laughs> is how that what they you, said yeah how would you feel about that statement <laughs> Jocko yeah. if, I wish yeah I've got, um, got his tattoo this. on me somewhere discipline uh, equals freedom um, I love the guy to be honest I think he's just like it's hard i like from around here, a council kid, and like I fucking hated discipline. I didn't really understand how it how it would change my life or whatever. But through sports and the army in general, I think um, you know people are like oh you're like you were just saying then your life's fucking awesome. People are like you know you get to but then they haven't seen the four or five years when I had to get up at five or six in the morning, still do my normal job, train after work. But that took discipline, mm. and then it took me a long time to understand that fucking. I think he's just a fucking good character. The, the word he spreads, um, I think, is missing sometimes now in society. I think we need more of those sort of fucking alphas that are out there telling people mm. to be disciplined because 
everyone's like, oh, no, nah, just chill. It's all good. Just chill. And I think, yeah, there's time for that when you can chill and you should be that fucking way. But I think there's times when you can push, especially if you want to do well. I mean, like 10 years ago, I would not even fucking thought I would be anything in, a, in any world medal or any... I would... But through discipline, it's fucking... It's achievable. For someone yeah. like me, it's had fuck all and still solid. But I could, through discipline, just acting every day, I feel like I can achieve a lot. I feel a lot of us can achieve a lot, but it just takes fucking discipline. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's a bit of a legend. It's a skill, I think, discipline. It, it's, it's a skill, and it's also <laughs> knowing it leads to freedom. Yeah. Because you, like, you hear the word discipline, you're like, fuck, you know, it's boring. Mm. Like, what do you mean? Fuck, no one wants to be disciplined. But then when you say... Well, I'm 45 next year, and because I've had discipline to save and say I've bought investment properties for the last 20 years, now I haven't got to work. So I yeah. can do jits every day, I can fucking go and do same, this. Same thing, like, oh, I didn't go out and spend money on beers on yeah, the weekend, yeah. right, because I wanted to train and yeah. do something else. But then people, are, when you're 45, people are like, oh, it's all right for you, you can fucking go and do what you want now. You're like, <laughs> well, yeah, but it's because the 20 years yeah. I've done yeah. before that. And if I honestly, if I can do it, people know me from fucking years ago. Um, Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. It's just fucking small steps, but it just takes so fucking long. Um, and it's knowing that concept is fucking rare. Like as a council kid, I, I didn't know that. Like I've, anytime I heard this one, I was like, fucking hell, yeah, bore yeah. off. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to hear about it. When did that kick in? If you don't mind me asking, was there a certain um, point? I think point? tours I've been on. Uh, once you start to go on to like, you go to places like Afghanistan and even places like Kenya, they're not really war zones uh, as, as much anymore, but they're just places when you think oh i had it tough when i was younger my electric used to go and i didn't have electric for 24 hours and then you go over somewhere like afghan they've got no electric no fucking running water and then the kids are happy as fuck you know it, it's just that starts to shift your mentality i had an incident when i was on tour where i got blown up yeah. um that's when i started quit drinking and started to think about fuck me where do i want it's a shame, but I feel like sometimes in life you need that little fucking bit of a... Um, That's a proper rock up your ass. In that yeah, time. it's like a, you need... To, like, uh, any time yeah. I see people change, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking... Look at the steppers ID. That's a rock up your ass. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, you can't Jeez. be any more literal, no, can you? Like, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I think this is the only time I see people change generally is unfortunately when they have that fucking life or death moment where they're like, fuck, I'm not here forever. What do I want to do? When you ask that question, what do I want to do? And then you start to say, well, okay, this is what I want to do. How do I get there? Then when you say, how do I get there? You're like, fuck, it's, it's, it's going to yeah, be a long yeah. time. But if I use this fucking path, and I didn't know it would fucking work out when I first started doing it. I thought, well, let's just see. Like, year by year, see how it goes. And, you know, we're talking about my stuff in BJJ, but I've done other things in life where I would have thought, as, as well as BJ, even in the army in general, just getting into the army was a fucking win for me. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, you can get a lot of places, but you need to start asking your questions of, where do you want to be? Like, you're not here forever. And I think a lot of people just coast through, unfortunately, and they're like, oh, my job's all right. I'm joy-ish, it's all right, it's quite good. And Have you lost friends based on your decisions that you've been changed, like you've changed over yeah, the time? Yeah, massively. And it's, a, it's one of the biggest things that I think held me back for a long time because what I've found is, is as you change, let's say with my decision to quit drinking, um, like my friends, I felt like my friends almost, a lot of them from a drinking circle would be like, why are you not drinking with us? Do you think you're better than us? They never said that to me face to face. Yeah. But anytime I went out of them, they're like, come on, let's have one or two. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm just drinking. I'm, I'm just drinking Red Bulls or whatever. I'm fine. 
then I feel I'm like, oh, fucking hell, come on. But I felt subconsciously they give me that image that, like, I am portraying, like, oh, I'm fucking better than you because I don't drink. Yeah. And it wasn't really that. It was the fact that I couldn't drink because it was just fucking ruining, ruining me. And not, you know, I don't think I'm better than them. I wish I could have two drinks and just chill and be chilled out mm. and do whatever, but I can't, unfortunately. Not that type of personality. Um, so I had to remove myself from those people sometimes. And it, it does hurt to do that. But once you do remove yourself from those people and you find people that are, um, you know, now when I say to people I don't drink, they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, most of my friends now I don't think don't drink and they're more supportive. And I think the JITS crowd in general, mm. I feel like you get the best of every sort of fucking person or whatever. I think no one wants to go to Open Mount on a Sunday morning hungover. It's the no, worst to get no. It's hard enough as it is. But I do think you get like, the best nutritionists, not the best as if, like, I think you get the best, like, police officers, doctors or whatever. Because I think the actual two years of weeding out process is fucking horrendous. When you're white to blue belt, that process there is so shitty. If you can survive that little process, normally by the time you get to a blue belt, you, you, your ego's in check, you want to call it or whatever, and you're pretty, you, you understand you don't know everything. There's people out there that's fucking harder than you. You know, you understand all these concepts, so you're a pretty good character. As being around those people, that fucking explodes your growth in different yeah. ways. Um, so yeah, you've got to lose friends, unfortunately, and it is fucking shit as well. And sometimes family as well. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. Though, I feel like the way I try to explain it is, is like by you accelerating higher, they feel lower. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Even though they're not anywhere lower, they just feel like, oh, who do you think you are? You're, you know what I mean? Well, they never Andrew say Tate that. But trapped in the matrix. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's, and it's like they then they feel like, oh, fuck you or whatever. And I just feel like. It's shit, but it's just the way we fucking we live. And I think it's because, you know, being in the army, I'm moving around out of circles all the time. I'm going to Kenya, I'm going to even up north, and then I'm going down south. So, but then some people are just staying around here. They're in that one circle of friends, the one circle of business or whatever. Yeah. They don't see anything else outside that. So yeah. when you step outside that and you try and do something else, they're like, fucking hell, where's he going? What's he doing? Whereas when you bounce from circle to circle and place to place, you're like, this fucking world's massive. People are doing all sorts of shit. You, would you class yourself as like an outlier in that sense then? You're happy to be like the odd person out to go and, you know, say, oh, I'm not a fucking drink because we feel ill. Are you, are you happy to put yourself in that position? Yeah, now more because I just see how far it gets you. So yeah. like I know now that, um, you know, before even like the way I dress would be, I used to be a bit of a chav or mm. be fucking over the cost or something, shit mm. like that. Um, but now I just don't give a shit. I'm just like... I'm wearing what's comfortable. It's just trained today with you lads, and I'm just like, whatever. It's just I'd rather, I just want to be. Like fucking... I told off for wearing a jujitsu t-shirt. That's <laughs> what I've got. Yeah, so you've got. I just whack it on. Yeah, my wife hates it. She's like, just wear black all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just easy. I don't have to think about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of like blank t-shirts that I wear for work, so they get covered in shit. And I come home and says, "I want to go out." I'm like. Oh, fuck, she's like, you don't have fucking t-shirts, fuck you. I was like, no, she's like, what's the smallest logo you've got? Massive target, like, jiu-jitsu is my life. And she was just like, fuck's sake, like, hey. But I think you just care less then, you know what I mean? You're just like, yeah, oh, no uh, one, and the thing is, you're more free then, you're just like, fucking, you do what makes you happy, I think that's the big thing. Yeah, and cool. yeah, like, be that outlier if you can, and I don't know, see what it gets you, yeah. like being too fucking yeah. motivational and... Whatever. You're the jockey. You're the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell, yeah. See, not jockey. I'm going to shave my head. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> trying to think of other things now. Um, 
I got the final one. I got, I got the final one. I still got any more there? Yeah, I don't have anything mega specific, but if you want to throw in the final question, we need to hit the two-hour mark. Oh, okay, cool. So if you want to throw in the final question, so a bit awkward. Obviously, I know you're not drinking on the head. Yes, right? but yes. We'll, and we'll ask you the same thing. So we get the cool. previous guest to ask the following guest the question. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the question was, if you could take your competitive blue belt in your sphere, be like yes. a club or whatever. Uh-huh. How many beers would it take for you to not be able to sub him? <laughs> Ooh, fucking hell! Competitive blue belt. Let's think who comes to to mind. Comrade's pushing quite hard at the minute. What for me not to be able to sub him? I uh, do you know. What? I'm going to say actually because I'm going to start Jack. Take okay. Jack. How many beers before you couldn't sub Jack? Jack from go sub yeah, me. Okay, uh. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Jack from Pantheon. He's a fucking tough guy. He's I know. a tough guy anyway. <laughs> So I think it's going to take me, I think it'll still take me a good few five beers before. Five beers before, yeah, before you, you can't sub him. <laughs> yeah. Five beers, your stomach's fucking going. Oh, it is. Yeah, maybe less. You're maybe still less. trying to roll with someone. Oh, that's, yeah, oh, Jack's that's a gentle giant as well. You, yeah. like, anytime I roll him, I feel like, oh, he's trying to flow with me a little bit. Here, isn't he? <laughs> I didn't like, feel like that when he was rolling yeah. with me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm sitting there with people like, fucking hell. <laughs> throwing him through the window here. Um... Yeah, he's fucking tough. He's, he's done CrossFit for a long time and he's like mobile and big MMA. MMA. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He's but come he's, back from injury, I think I've ever seen as well. Yeah, he's got uh, real bad knees, I think. he's. I think he's like a little bit hypermobile-ish and then okay. he's got like the the knee issue that comes along with that sort of condition. Overall, one person who's hypermobile and it's the most scariest fucking thing I've ever done because this is when I was a white belt. I was like, I'll roll with you. Right, and he figured out, because he was born breech, he can get his hips nearly over the back of his head. Oh, oh, shame oh, ask you. Yeah. you can do that. Can't stack, oh. can't stack him. And he figured this out pretty quick. So I was like, I mean, I was like, stack him. I was like, why is stacking not working? What's going on? I was going on, oh, start panicking. And then the stuff that he was doing with Rubber Guard, he can get his foot to go behind his head, oh, the opposite side. Hell, yeah. So his right foot will go behind his left ear. Back. And you're like, what the fuck? And he's like, is that comfortable? He's like, not really, but I can do it. And I'm just like, you're mental. But he fell trapped to getting his blue belt and disappearing off the face of the Oh, shit. Uh, I think now, if he reached purple, he would be like... Yeah, because that body type's rare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a shame on you, little guy. Do you know that? He's uh, based up in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. He's yes. got a blonde yes, mullet. Yes, I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to Jiu-Jitsu. We went to, uh, not the last guy professor, before my friend came up, who's just pure Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And he was like, one of the first matches was Shay. Yeah. He was like, is that normal for people? We like that. Like, no. no <laughs> like, that is not normal. He's just um, yeah. Well, you see, a, I got told yeah. you used to be a contortionist. So, really? Which wow. Is like, don't surprise me. But. No way. Yeah. Like, I'll give myself props. I can do a pretty solid rubber guard and a pretty solid Williams guard. Nice, that's can, good. But there's only so far my little legs can go. Like, yeah, but then, before like, someone starts bending, like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, this is like the way I look at it in terms of, I know we're going completely off tangent and uh, stuff, uh-huh. but like, okay. for me being like <laughs> super heavy, I don't want to be just a fat, overweight guy. No. Right? Yeah. In the sense that, I, again, touch wood with the amount of stretching I do, so you go what day to me all yes, the time. Yeah. I'm like, no one can electric chair me. No, no one can put on a spit. Yeah, and when it happens, good. they're like, 
Oh, what the fuck's oh, going on here? And I'm yeah, like, it is well, weird I'm just here literally that. like teetering, just like yeah, trying to balance yeah, yeah, yeah. myself. And I'm like, well, you're not going to sub me from there. <laughs> and this is just fucking awkward. So you're going to have to let go at some point. So yeah, I do feel like you make it easier for yourself, like competing or whatever, depending on, like, see, if you're like that kind of bendy body type, you're already like narrow and you're like people that can go against that. And even training against someone like that's rare. So it's hard to develop a game to beat that kind of guy or girl that's really bendy and flexible. Mm. Same as um, Adam Ellis from um, from Andy Roberts Academy. He's yeah. like six foot six or something and really stretchy and like bendy. And uh, his game is just so difficult to. Yeah. Even if I've been north south on him before, and he's just like put his legs like in my top my back, and I'm like, fuck, how have you done that? And I had like my head on his yeah. hip, so I was like, because normally you know they've got to like bring their torso up at least yeah, to do yeah. it. No, no, you can keep his torso flat and still go and still get my back. And I was like, fuck. I think he's, he's one of the only um, yoga for BJJ coaches in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know Corey, um, Corey Kent. Yes, yes. He's now on there. So shout out to Corey. He does like loads of funny memes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, yeah, completely fucking overlooked. He's, he, Corey's great. No, but Adam Ellis, man, like, you see him do the instructionals with him and you're just like, oh, I just don't know. But you can develop a good game for that, yeah. And yeah. it's hard for people like people can't train against that body type, mm. so you can't develop a mm. system or an approach to beat it so yeah. easy as well. You send it to John Danaher, you'll find. Oh yeah, he'll be there. Eight hour. Just before we wrap up, like, can you guys go on your neck and do the rounds where you can put your feet around the back of you into a circle? No. Hold on, so you're talking about length. You know when you go like into a full stacked position and yeah. you put your legs behind you on the mat behind you, can you walk your legs can behind you from up. side to side? What, and there's no one putting pressure on top of it? Or yeah, no, 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 you're just doing the drill just to stretch. Like a wrestler's drill. Yeah. Have you seen Lubo before? Lubo, so, he yeah. does that job. Oh, yeah. I've seen I've seen one where they've gone, they've gone flat and then they've like yeah. hipped up yeah. and gone round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's almost like you go into almost like a... Like a bridge or crab or something. Yeah, you're doing it on, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doing it on the table crab, or? Yeah, you can, <laughs> you're, still, you're still facing up, but you can have your legs just behind you and you can just like. You can circle around. Yeah, like, no, I think I, I might be able to. I'll give it a crab. Oh, nice. does it all the time. I'm just like, mate, your mobility is ridiculous. But he's done capoeira for years. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good thing to do. I think the older I get, I think the more I think I'm going to go into that sort of like body balance, yeah, sure. capoeira, whatever you want to call it. This guy down here does grassroots, where he's doing more like uh, animal movement stuff. Sure, I nice. think that for... I know Paul Tao, Conrad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. I think, I, I, if I could guess, you know, especially for the... Because you're going to get all these youngsters there that come through jits-wise. And then I think what will happen naturally in five or ten years is there'll be a call for that kind of stuff because I think mm. mobility will be a massive issue. I think people don't yeah. spend enough time doing it. 100%. It's difficult. It's one of the most boringest things to do in it. Mobility. But actually, this is the best thing across it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so it teaches you that. It teaches it. Like, yeah. Like world's greatest stretch, for example. Everyone's like, "What the fuck is this all about?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You start doing it, and you start realizing, like, oh, it does work. It makes a massive difference. And yeah. The fact, like, you check out your hips are way more, and like, all this yeah, other stuff, yeah. It just makes a big difference. But yeah, summarize that: stretch your hips. But mate. <laughs> stretch, stretch. <laughs> Two hours. That was quick. Mate, it's good. Went Any fast, other questions fast. at all? Oh, I think no, we're good. We're good to good to do it. I think. Time oh, dude, thank you very much. Thank really you, brother. It. Done. Awesome to meet you both. We'll train.